welcome back to Bond by Numbers and thank you very much for joining us today. This is a really special episode. We are going to be celebrating the wonderful score Diamonds Are Forever and talking about it during its 50th anniversary. 50 years old, wow. <laughs> but we're joined by the fantastic Chris Wood. Uh, maybe you know him as Bond on Vinyl. He's going to take this little journey with us. And so from the outset, Josh, Jeff, I think... Uh, I think you'll join me in welcoming him to the Good Shit BBN. Welcome, Chris. Yes. Yeah, thank welcome. you very much. Welcome, Happy welcome to be aboard. Here, guys. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is like the ship at the end of Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, wait, no, maybe it shouldn't be that ship at the end of Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> no, probably, yeah. It's not that one. It's not that one. <laughs> and and uh, for our listeners, uh, he did drop in via sort of like that D20 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. balloon thing, yeah. right? I was really wishing they had... just rolled my way in. It just yeah. rolled in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I was I almost, when I watched uh, it the other day. I really wish they actually had painted numbers on because I'd be like, "But what did he roll <laughs> oh, nice. to get there so well?" It must have been a yeah. twenty. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I I remember when we did our review on that show, Jeff. You you were going to go out and see if you couldn't find um, like any sort of military apparatus or transportation that <laughs> approximated that thing. And I don't think you came back yeah. with much, did you? No, I just went to Party Mart and was like, "Yeah, I found a." Yeah, <laughs> I think trying to find any kind of like <laughs> and the army surplus. Actual apparatus in that movie is, uh, it's a, what was it called? It's like looking for a, a needle in a haystack, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is, guys, it is the 50th anniversary of Diamonds Are Forever. And that that's kind of mind-blowing, I'm, you know, if you really stop and it's think crazy. about it. Yeah. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And coming after Connery's when, past when we were, too, right? Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we kind of touched on that on the show a while back, but... Um, this is one of those films that and I, I, my attitude towards it doesn't really change much. No. I mean, it, you know, it gives a little here and there, but um, this is a tough one for me, this film. The, the score, we'll, we'll get into it. That's the focus of our show. But, I mean, Chris, how do you feel about Diamonds as a film, just just as like a sit-down experience? I like. I think there's a bit of a, there's a charm to it. I like the fact that, right, mm-hmm. first, I think out the bat, I think it gets, it gets sort of, um, you know, pigeonholed as being quite campy and not very serious. But I think if you see past some of the actual performances, the content is actually really, really dark. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I did a little early morning viewing today, um, just before this, and I was thinking about it, taking things out of context and just thinking about various parts of the film. You know, a scorpion down somebody's back. Yeah. You know, there are there are a lot there are a lot of um, dark elements in it that I think maybe are overshadowed by some of the more campy. It's stuff. almost like you know that stuff was already in the script and they kind of had to lighten it up a bit to kind of contrast. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So I think sometimes it gets a bit of a bad rap. Um, granted, it's. It's, it's in no way god tier as a as a movie no. I think but there's just <laughs> there's just something charming about it and I think from like a, like a sort of a personal perspective like my grandfather would have been exactly Connery's age in that kind of mm. time and I think I mm-hmm. kind of associate with like oh you know this is what it would have been like for you know my, my grandfather was a policeman and it kind of reminds me a little bit in some ways of Connery and I think there's there's a bit of a you know a personal kind of attachment to it. I like it. I li- I'm a fan. I'm a fan yeah. of it. Yeah. I, okay. Jeff, Josh, what about you guys? I find it... Uh, uh, yeah, on, Jeff, thank you. Even though, like, it's not my favorite Bond film, I always enjoy watching it when I sit down. Like, I just get caught up, like, in all the colors, and uh, the campiness is part of it as well. Like, once you realize what you're watching, then you sort of, you know, like, you kind of just immerse yourself into it and you just kind of let go. 
And uh, it never yeah. puts me into kind of like an angry rant. Like, I wish this could be this. I wish it could do that. Reading the novel was kind of sobering for me because the novel was really good. Mm-hmm. And like, I would love to see that novel get a really good adaptation someday because there are some really good, as you Chris was saying, some dark parts in it that could be exploited. Like Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid are really good villains up until they get sort of... They're fantastic uh, villains. Un- yeah. Up until they get sort of, you know, made into the, the butt of the joke by the end of the movie. But um, mm. a bit of homophobic in there too as well. But uh, yeah, th- th- yeah, like there were some sinister moments in the book and stuff that played out really well. And then they kind of, to me, like bringing the whole Blofeld in is just, I don't know, it's just too much. It was almost like there was too many cooks in the kitchen with that movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think with uh, with Diamonds Are Forever, you have there are some really good points, and then there are some campiness. Like at first, I kind of feel like at the very beginning, it's it's almost kind of jarring because of like, uh, like I understand why they do it because you have Connery coming back. So, and you see that scene when he's walking down the stairs and he then he strangles the girl with her bikini mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. But it, it's 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 kind of weird when like you know he's strangling like um, I think it's in Japan, right? And it's just like. I just found that like it almost takes you back, and then, and then it gets better. But I was like, wow, like if that that's the first thing you see, it's kind of like, woo, okay, take it, take a step back a <laughs> yeah. bit, yeah. and it's almost super campy. To it almost feels like you're watching like a Golden Harvest like martial arts movie with Bruce <laughs> Lee or, or something to that effect. Yeah, you know, like a Sunny Chiba, and then it keeps going, and then it gets a little, it gets a little better. But uh, what's interesting about the film is like you know, especially like in 1971, and and uh, and with Las Vegas being what it is at this time, um, because the early 71, it still feels like the 60s. I'm going to mention this like when I describe some of the music, but it's kind of like a 60s hangover. <laughs> but uh, but there are but there are definitely uh, really great parts to the film but again there are things that fall flat uh some some characters but overall like it is a fun film it's not high on my list of bond films but it's obviously important and the score i think we're probably all in agreement but obviously that's what we're here to discuss mm-hmm. is that uh the score is probably the part that is the best quality pieces of the entire um, production of the film itself, right? It's kind of like the mayonnaise in the BLT. It makes a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't... I mean, well, you, need, oh, you need bacon. Oh, okay. No, I guess the bacon. Okay, so that's a bad example. Okay, so... Uh, okay. That's uh, a good analogy. Yeah. It's a good analogy. But you get my point. I do indeed get your point. But it is, you know... Josh talks about the book, and one of the things that the book had really going for it was that character Tiffany Case. You know, she was very she was very agency heavy in the in the story. And although they did, or I say they, Fleming did write that sort of well, I was a victim of abuse, and which he does with a few of his female yeah, protagonists that you know under underwrites her importance. Yeah, um, I felt like in this in this film, one of the things that kind of bothers me a little bit is once they get to Las Vegas, like you got Tiffany Case at the beginning with the, the spy craft and the glass and all of that. And then Super she's cool. very, very cool, very cautious, very kind of, okay, I'm on top of this. And then she gets to Vegas and it's like, she's, I don't know, like she loses her, her kind of <laughs> problem solving. She loses her, well, she loses her agency. Her She becomes more vapid. And I just find that there's that, um, th- there's a real desire halfway through the film to just turn her into this helpless fool. And yeah, it, it carries on, you know, in, in convincing fashion. But I feel like that's that's a tough one for me to get over. There's, there's a real inconsistency with her presentation. Yes. But I don't know. I don't know. That's true. Anyway, you're right, though, Jeff. Uh, the, the score is outstanding uh, in, in, in part. And, and we're going to talk about that here today. I do want to say, though, before we get into it, guys, that um, when we had 
invited Chris on board to do the soundtrack show with us for this this season, at least. Um, we kind of gave him a choice of which ones we were thinking about doing. And he said, no, it's got to be Diamonds, 50th anniversary. And I tell you what, Chris, when I told the guys that you had chosen that, they were so pleased that they didn't have to listen to All Time High. <laughs> these guys oh. give me dogs for it all the time. God. Yeah. <laughs> Grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't rank top for me either all time high, I've got to be honest. Nice. I, I really do like it. I mean, I, I think yeah. it's under underrated underrated song. But anyway, uh-huh. Diamonds it is, and I'm delighted to be here with you guys. So thanks very much for joining us. Chris, thank you very much for coming on board with us. Thank you. And uh, yeah, let's, let's just break into it, guys, shall we? Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Well, we've had a recent passing of great actor Yafet Koto. Yep. Um, the Bond community is, you know, has been strong in commenting on that, and the news agencies as well, of course. But um, do you want to start there, Josh, saying a little something about him? Uh, yeah, Yafet Kato, sorry, Yafet Kato, uh, who played Kanenga in *Live and Let Die*. Uh, he passed away a week or so ago of uh, 81 years old. But this is a guy who's been like in American cinema uh, for the since like the 1970s, right? Like. Uh, Alien is another one he was well known for, uh, Homicide, Life in the Street, uh, which was one of the most groundbreaking shows at the time in the 90s, like very prolific African-American actor, a lot of, char- lot of charisma. I mean, one thing we talked about when we did Live and Let Die was uh, how charismatic a villain Kananga was and how Kato brought him to life. Absolutely. And then again, we talked about how, you know, how his, his demise in the film undercuts all of that almost, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, as he says, he deserved better, you know? Uh, but yeah, and he's right. Yeah. I I love Diafikoto like in uh, in Alien. Him and Harry Dean Stanton as like those two workers, you know, on on the ship. A very kind of blue collar uh, realism, I guess, to like the whole science fiction aspect, right? So I I, I always liked him in that movie. And how all they were concerned about. Well, I'll go down to the planet, but as long as I get paid for it, like like I better get paid more for this. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just I just love that yeah. realism that he brought to it and stuff, and it was really cool. <laughs> great actor absolutely fantastic and i think um, we're gonna mention billy eilish oh yeah. yeah we are indeed chris what do you what do you make of that yeah. news fantastic and mm-hmm. i think it's, it, i read um that it was uh you know it's it's history isn't it they've they've done something that's never been done before where they've won for for a you know for a, a film that hasn't come out yet which is absolutely yeah. amazing do you know what i mean yeah. oh, crazy yeah. i mean that's amazing yeah it is. It shows the commercial backing of something that is so popular and someone that's, you know, in high regard as Billie Eilish is, which is great, you know, and it, puts, was... it puts Bond on the map for people that maybe don't, you know, aren't familiar with Bond, certainly her fan base. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I can't see, you know, I would think, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but maybe 70, 80% of her fan base aren't going to sort of tune into a Bond film, I would imagine. De- maybe. No, I don't, definitely I don't not. I, I think you're right. That's, that number sounds about right. Yeah. So great advertising. I think it's pretty... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's only good, yeah. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what do you think of the song itself? I like the song. I think, um, I think, I like the song. I think lyrically, it, it could be a little bit better for me. I want to go back to sort of some amazing lyrics, which when we touch on diamonds, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be yeah. there. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I think ultimately, I like the song. I'm not disappointed by it. I think it ends the tenure quite nicely with Daniel Craig. Um, and I'm looking forward to the absolute smash that we're going to have for the next Bond. That's, that's where I sit. When it comes, it, when it comes, basically. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully soon. And well, I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> I thought Billie Eilish uh, won the award for changing her hair. It was a big <laughs> yeah. She went to blonde. Went she just had a wig on or something. 
Well, well, now now she's yeah. blonde, so yeah, I went from green. That's why I was like, what? What's yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. Julian Glover's birthday today, guys. We're recording on Chris Dotto's special day. Yeah. Chris Dotto. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One 80, of my favorite five, eight, villains. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. one of those. He's up there for sure. He's very subtle, and uh, he's not your typical Bond villain, which is what makes For Your Eyes Only so great. No. I absolutely agree. I really liked him uh, as a character. He's uh, he's got some style and some flair, and yeah, he's not he's not over he's not like overdone, and uh, but he is ominous in his yeah. own way. So I did appreciate him. Glover's really interesting because he's been in so many franchises. Like he was in the, he was in Star Wars. He was in Harry Potter. He was the voice mm-hmm. of the Spider. Oh, yeah. uh, he was in Indian Indian. Oh Jones. wow, you're right. I did yeah. that. Indian Jones right. and of course cool. Game of Thrones. Like he's like the franchise hopper, I guess you could say. He's yeah, done okay. I'm doing it successfully. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Chris. Um, did you see Red Nose Day? Did you see the comic relief with uh, Craig? And yeah, you did, did see that, okay? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, the comic relief fundraiser over here in the UK is is a huge event. This year, of course, things are much different. It's usually a live thing, um, and kind of pre with pre recorded segments and, and different sort of fundraising links and things. And you know, I mean, it it, it filters out uh, right into like you know the schools, right? People are donating money. It, it's it's a huge national. Uh, effort. Anyway, this year, one of the pre-recorded segments with Kat, was Catherine Tate and Daniel Craig doing a little Bond uh-huh. um, thing where, where he was he was playing Bond and she was playing like, am I right, Chris, in saying that she was like cleaning up M's office, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I need to see that. It's on YouTube. Yeah, and there was, yeah I believe you. Yeah. It's on YouTube. And there was quite a nice little... Um, a little dig in there that I thought was was just perfectly written. And at the moment, what's with the in the UK during the pandemic, the the government was sort of they released a bit of a campaign saying that people that are in the arts should look to retrain. Um, and yeah, so that that's the kind of support that we're getting sort of this this way. Um, I mean, it was very very public. It was all there was adverts and do you know what I mean. It was like we're going to set up wow. a portal, wow. and then you can you can log into the portal with some of your skills that you have, and we'll sort of throw the best vocation at you. You know, you wow. you probably spent the last I don't know twenty years training to be a ballet dancer, but we think you should be this. And there was a there was a beautiful line in that where. Um, Catherine Tate's character, who is the cleaner in M's office, um, says to Bond, "Well, I used to be a ballerina, but you know, I've had to, I've had to retrain." And I th- it was just that nice little, just little jab, dig. yeah, little jab. And I thought, nicely done, nicely mm-hmm. done. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a great clip. And uh, if you haven't seen it, you should okay, watch I, yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely want to see. Yeah, it. I, particularly for Bond fans because it's the only Bond that we've had in like five six years <laughs> yeah, now. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it it is definitely worth watching for sure. Yeah. You um, see, um, it, you see it Craig at the end crack up. Oh yeah, yeah Craig has great comic <laughs> timing. He's very like dry, but he does it really well. He it's is. nice to see him smile too. That's why I'm like, oh yeah, he's not always Bond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's like that. It's that interview that you that you linked us, Jeff, with uh, him and Mads with oh, Ma- yeah. Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson. Oh, that, that was, was so really cool. heartwarming. I've seen this. Great. Yeah, mm. really good, actually, Chris. Jeff, uh, describe it a wee bit. Uh, so it looked like it was just sort of like, um, well, I guess Mads was doing a new film. And uh, and I think it, it was a larger interview, but then it was the first time they had sort of spoken uh, in some time. I guess they're still friends, but they were just talking about the infamous uh, uh, ball breaker scene. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. and, but apparently, like, um, 
uh, Craig was like hammered all the time, and, and uh, he didn't remember a lot of it, or he was like, I. And, and, and but uh, Matt Mickelson was very. He's totally completely opposite of a lot of his roles. He was very sort of warm and and uh, and, and yeah. humorous, and and, uh, and you could see that Craig was kind of like. Uh, apprehensive, in, in, but but still uh, really enjoying sort of like going through memory lane. But it was honestly, I you definitely should find it because it yeah. was a great energy. And it, w- what was also neat, it, it actually just through just the way they were talking, it showed uh, how how much that uh, Craig was actually doing on the set. And then he kept saying like, "Man, you were smoking all the time and you were drunk." He's like, "I don't remember any of that." It's like, "Well, I guess you were." Yeah, I guess I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. uh, but 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 it was just a, it was a little sort of the little stories and just how they were described the scenes and and how one person was nervous how one person wasn't and just it, it was it's really good like it was it is good watching it it was just like a little you know just being like a fly in the wall for that it was really nice to see so i you would definitely appreciate it because in all three of us when we watched it we we're just like this yeah. is great yeah, i need good. to see this yeah, yeah. and it's it is really more good, than just like a little segment it, it's like 15 minutes or something yeah isn't yeah it? yeah like like the part about that that scene was only a couple minutes but the overall conversation even if and i mean like i i didn't have any of the context because the movie hasn't even come out yet i don't think the other the one, one with uh, thomas Vinterberg directed about like how alcohol affects our lives and yeah, yeah. but like but like in a positive way it's like one of the only times that they're talking about like how like in a positive way alcohol brings people together like but and then they were joking like obviously you can Tear people yes. apart, <laughs> but 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 Mad was sort of giving the like the being sort of the devil's advocate and being like this film is kind of like the devil's advocate, showing like how it can bring people together. Like a, a drink will remind you of like a you know a, a good memory, good not just or not yeah. remember like the opposite of not remembering, but. But uh, yeah, it looks like a good film, anyways. But uh, but the interview between the two was really good. Uh, it was really yeah. good. So yeah. it's something sure. to watch. Uh, I read somewhere. I think I think I only read it like a week ago that he had said in an interview that he wants to play a Bond villain again. Nice. Did you see Why that? Not? No, I, I'm, that's I'm so game cool. with that. Did you see it's that fantastic. article? Yeah, I'd be up for it. Yeah. I didn't see it, but no, I, I, I know I didn't. Would you be up, be up for it? it? Really? Oh yeah, Would I you? think so. Yeah. I think so. I think he's great. I think he's fantastic. And he wasn't versatile enough. Yeah, yeah, just fresh, a fresh villain. Yeah. Play like a, I don't think like a fashion designer or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Although we're kind of like in Zoolander territory now, I suppose. But uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good point, though. So, I mean, he, he, you know, yeah. He'd be like Dr. Left and he can only turn left or something. Yeah. It's like, you know. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I think it would be good. I, th- I think it would be nice. You know, I mean, if Charles Gray can play uh, Deco Henderson and Blofeld, there you why, go. why not? Why not? Exactly. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> right, moving moving swiftly on. Yes. Um, right, guys. Well, before before we talk about the the score, um, I want to maybe not kind of drill interview style stuff with Chris, but Chris, you are involved in some really awesome work charity wise. We want to talk a bit about your music. I know we're going to kind of segue into that after we talk about the score, but is it cool right now if we just ask you a little bit about your work and the charity rocks yeah, Wales and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, yeah? absolutely. Cool. Yeah, please. Um, so, ha- I mean, how's the charity going right now that things are kind of locked down? Um, so it, we, what we've had to do is resort to like virtual sessions, mm-hmm. essentially. So uh, typically we'll do one big concert a year. And I know it doesn't sound a lot, but we're, we're all just, it's just a, a hobby that we have. So sure. we're all in full-time work. And then, you know, like planning it, we did a, a Beatles gig and it was like, from Please Please Me to Abbey Road. And we picked sort of the best cuts from each one. That's the Beatles and naked, did, like, right? two hour yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. Cheers. Cheers for looking. Yeah. Cheers <laughs> for looking at that. Your your harmonies um, on because was 
insane. Oh, cheers! Amazing, man. Thank, oh, thank you very so much. Good. Yeah, that was that. That was from that show. Yeah, and yeah. We had, and every rehearsal we had done, we hadn't got it right, and it was we we literally we've only nailed it once, and it was just on when it was recorded. So it was like, what? Well, and uh, and there was a little part at the end of that performance of because where. We, we knew we had nailed it, but tried to do the thing where you know where everyone's clapping and you kind of like, yeah, yeah. you kind of like mm-hmm. sort of simmer down at the end, like yeah. we've done. It. But it was like we just burst out laughing because we knew it was just fluke. We were just fluke, really. But um, yeah, that that was really fun to do. So typically, we'll we'll sort of raise, you know, fifteen hundred to two thousand pounds for um, a local hospice just down the road from us that you know is sort of providing end of life care. So it's heavy mm-hmm. stuff. And and they need, I think, like four thousand pounds a day to run, so so it, you know it, it makes a difference. Um, but yeah, because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to do any gigs. So what we've resorted to is not unlike this really is doing it from home. I'll sort of do a drum track, maybe a bass track and some guitar. Send it over to the to a singer, then mm-hmm. she'll put some vocals on it, and you know. And then what we what we did was set up a little sort of fund me thing we made like maybe 300 pounds at christmas for charity it's it's nothing it's nothing incredible but you feel like you're doing something do you know what i mean absolutely and it keeps and it keeps those juices going too because exactly when we do come out of this you're you're gonna want to lean on your pals and and your you know your collaborators and and get right back yeah get right back out there exactly yeah exactly thanks for asking as well about that that's nice cheers no no we're really interested in that stuff because um i know how small some of these communities can be and as you're saying that the fact that you kind of targeted at that hospice is really cool too because yeah there's like a relationship there i know it's this is a silly one of course right but what i'm going to compare this to but you know when um uh, J.M. Barry died, the writer of Peter Pan, those that that money and ev- everything that happens with the Peter Pan estate, you know, a cut of that profit goes straight to the uh, Ormond Street nice. Hospital. So there's that yeah. sort of that that relationship that you're building as well through the work, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we love it. And I mean, you know, going back to the Beatles naked, that was a funny one, because what we had done is we had done the full sort of string quartet one, which is the one that's on YouTube with Because. Mm-hmm. And then we did one a year later, which was called the Beatles naked, where the idea that it would be stripped back to the four piece. Okay. And genuinely, I was, I was, um, I came home from work. And Erin, my wife said, you're not, you're not going to believe this. And I went, what? And she said, "There's um, that on the front page of all the local papers is an interview with you um, about the Beatles naked, saying that you're going to be playing the Beatles naked." Oh <laughs> yeah? God! So I was like, "You've got to be kidding! You've got to be kidding, right?" It gets so it gets wrong on so many levels, right? Because the performance was at a school, right? <laughs> we were doing it at a school, yeah. Oh man! And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joking. In the article, it said. Christopher Wood says, well, I haven't ever played naked before, but there's a first time for everything. The newspaper had completely invented a quote oh. that had to be taken out of context. It was, uh, yeah, but it went, it went ahead. They apologised. They, they put us on the front page like the, the following week with an apology. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just unbelievable stuff. <laughs> that yeah. is pretty yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, I also wanted to ask you about your, um, the, the sort of, not 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 just kind of the charity line of stuff, but in terms of your own kind of recording and your own collaborations, um, how do you find time for that with your with your work schedule? And would you compare it to just kind of like anybody who enjoys an instrument that is find the time to do it, or or do you kind of have like s- segmented times to your your free time, if that makes any yeah. sense? Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, no, I tried to. 
it's I work as an estate agent in the in the day, so I'm out out for sort of half eight, back at sort of six. Mm-hmm. So by, by that time you're making food and then you're settling down for the night and stuff. So really a day off is my little slice of time where I can sort of do something artistic like that. Um, sometimes it feels a little bit more like a chore. You know, if if you know you've had your, your vocals from your your friend or you've had their bass line, you kind of feel sort of, well, they've done their bit now. I need to make sure I actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. carry it on. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And sometimes it can, I'm sure like, I'm sure really like being honest, I'm sure something like this is, is exactly the same where you enjoy it, but there is work that goes into it as well. Of course, yeah. yeah. Where sometimes it does feel like a bit of a, a bit of a job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I tend to, I tend to try and if it, if it gets to the, like, I'm doing these Bond songs at the moment and that on guitar and if they're if I'm hitting a bit of a block or it's not sounding, I'll just I just know to stop. Just, mm-hmm. just yeah. walk away, yeah, walk away, sense. and do it. That's a good way of doing it. Pick it up next until week you, until your head comes back to it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you you don't want to make you don't want to turn it sour. Really. No. It's, you know, no. It should be. It's fun. a labor of love, right? So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And is that the stuff, Chris, that you're doing with JBR? Yes. So okay. Do you want to plug that a little bit just for a moment? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. So what we're, what at the moment it's very early stages, but I've got um, Tom from JBR who plays guitar. And um, he's going to come on a, a tune with me. Um, we're going to do a, a diamond slash moonraker, wah wah disco kind of mashup. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, we're just sort of putting the the bare bones of it down at the moment. But it's going to be. Uh, I'd like a guitar off. I've always liked the guitar off. So something. Oh, yeah. yeah. So a bit of interplay there. So uh, we'll Which see. Which guitar happens. would you use on that? Oh, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. I'm just. Look, I've got the guitars next to me now. I've got two more on order as well. Um, so I was, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, how yeah. many guitars do you have? So with the two that are coming, there'll be ten, and then oh, wow. but there's a bit of a there's a one in one out thing with with Erin though. That's the only thing that's like okay. You know, uh, you, if you're bringing uh, a new one in, there's one's got to go. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. For, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. I think maybe everyone can sort of um, you know relate to that in in different ways with other collectibles. Do you know what I mean? I'm supposed but, to do that, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just store. Yeah. I just stash. Yeah. Yeah. So, are are your are any of your guitars collectibles that ones that you you wouldn't necessarily pick up to play? Um, I, they're all playable. Some Good. of them are worth more than others. So I've got like sure. an old, oh, I say old, it's not really that old, but I've got a uh, like a, a Beatles, really it's a Beatles collection. So I've got a Rickenbacker, um, which is sort of my, uh, my, my happy guitar, the one I love the most. Um, I've got a Gibson and, and mm. I've got nice guitars that <laughs> it's taken do. me years and years <laughs> and years to get, you know, and just saving up and, and selling stuff. Yeah. We, we're not, we're, we haven't got loads of money by any means. Um, so when I get one, it's precious. Do you know what I mean? It's, sure. I feel like it's my little thing. Yeah, absolutely. Your own Stradivarius. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not getting shot. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. No bullet holes. Well, I've seen yeah. some of your some of your videos, and, and uh, so yeah, I noticed you have a Rickenbacker, and uh, is that is that bass also? Like, it, I saw you have a Rickenbacker oh, yeah. bass, like like the Pauls, right? That's is it. That, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've got that little um, uh, Hofner bass. It is. And then I've got um, like a rosewood Telecaster, which is something that George would have played on the rooftop. Right, to be yeah, honest, it's yeah. a, it's a complete Beatles line of guitars. It's 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 unhealthy. It is unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, to your wallet, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 to your soul, different it's, thing yeah, altogether. Very, very exactly. different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the I like the your SG that I saw. I saw you. Uh, yeah, that's doing that. That's really nice. Yeah, that was a present from my parents. Yeah. Wow. If I was gonna get a guitar, I I can't play, but it would be an SG because yeah. I just love them. I love them as well. 
Yeah, I think they're they're sort of often um, misconstrued. I think people think that oh, you look at SG, they're spiky and horny, and maybe they're for sort of seventies <laughs> kind of classic rock or you know something a bit heavier. But they're not. They play anything. You know, the Beatles right. use an SG, and you can't really say the Beatles are that heavy, really. So, yeah, no, I love guitars. Good. Yeah, that's uh, that's obvious. It, it is. It, yeah. it, it, uh, <laughs> and it's nice because with all the different videos you have, you like to sort of spread out the wealth and uh, and you yeah. use them all very well. And, and 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 it looks like and because you know all, all your music and your genres, you you pick and choose them perfectly for the song. So yeah, yeah it's absolutely great to see. Yeah, that, oh, that really is a good point, Jeff, that you make because I picked up the guitar when I wanted to just, I was moving over to Scotland from Canada and I needed, I, I knew I couldn't take my drums with me, right? You can't just transport a set of drums. Uh, so I just, <laughs> I picked up a guitar because my father had one. Now, my dad never really played guitar. He was one of these guys, and Josh, you know my dad quite well. He's one of these guys who's like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. So, you know, go get him yeah. a guitar yeah. and it just kind of... It's, it's easy. You know, he's it's got, like riding a bike. Exactly, Come on. Right? And then it just, it just stays, it stays in the basement. And his his was a beautiful, um, it was a Washburn acoustic, like kind of like Dreadnought. Nice. And it was yeah. beautiful. And I mean, that thing had been sitting there for years. I went to high school, university, and then I decided to pick it up. And I tell you what, I, obviously, I I, um, I changed the bridge and I got new strings on it because that was necessary. But the thing just sounds so beautiful. And like so many other people, you start with learning your chords. But I was listening to a lot of finger picking stuff. And so that's kind of that kind of folk country stuff like Bruce Coburn and kind of Dylan nice. stuff. But I'm, I'm not yeah. as uh, I'm, I'm not anywhere as good as that. My point, though, is that what Jeff is saying about you choosing the right guitar for the genre is really important because I made the mistake of, you know, thinking you can play and you can kind of play anything on an acoustic guitar, but some things definitely sound much better than, than others. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, How do you so still do you, do you still play now? I do just to entertain myself and the kids like Christmas time, maybe the, the, the weekends I'll pick up, but I still have to read, you know, I've still got to read the the notation and I still I, I yeah. can play some things. I've, I've probably got John Prine's back catalog memorized because I, I yeah. love Prine's music. But um, yeah, I still need to read the, the chord tablature and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. very comfortable with, with the with the chords. Fantastic. And for a guy who, who, you know, like I was saying, I was lucky growing up. I grew up in a musical home and um, I kind of learned that way with the drums and stuff. So I, I, I could pick it up, you know. But yeah. you, you mentioned your dad, Chris. I remember I, your band. <laughs> you do remember my band, don't you? Yeah. We'll just skim yeah. quickly past that. It's nothing what like What was the band, band. name? We got to know the name. Um, Korloff. Korloff was the name of the band. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Um, and that was like, oh, you mean you mean Karloff? Like, you know, like Boris Karloff. Karloff. No, no, like, no. No, Korloff. Korloff, Korloff man. Like, that's just what it is. All right. <laughs> the, the OCD in me just like, like all the wires just popped in my head at that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Why just call it Karloff? I mean, you're a metal band. You're doing Black Sabbath covers, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. Look, let's, let's let's go past the lofty heights of my Battle of the Bands career. <laughs> okay? Yeah. You mentioned your dad, Chris, and I, I think I heard somewhere in an interview that you were doing that your your dad was a big Bee Gees fan. Am I right in saying yes. that? And you guys That's shared exactly. a lot of that type of stuff growing up. Yeah, still is. Yeah. Apart from the music, uh, the music fandom. Which um, which which you you know you certainly enjoyed with them. Uh, was he or was anyone in your family musical in terms of instrumentation, in terms of like uh, instructions? Oh yeah, absolutely. My whole family. Yes, awesome. my uh, great grandmother was like a, an organist, which is like techie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like traditional sort of church organ. Nice. Oh, yeah. you know, like sort yeah. of like valves, twenty and odd spots. pedals, and yeah, yeah. Um, Very good. Yeah, and then my whole family musical. So my um, my auntie and uncle own a, a music school, 
which is called the Rock oh, wow. Project, and it and it does and teaches kids how to play guitar and drums and and teaches them how to be in bands. Yeah, and I taught with them for a long time. Um, yeah, it's it's always music's always been on my whole life. So like that, you know, any and and now it's just it's inbuilt in me. I can't do any chore without having <laughs> some kind of music on. So it's like yeah. I've got to wash up. Oh, you know, it's it's a grim it's a grim thing that needs to be done. What will ease the pain? Put a tune on. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's just yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The dishes, man. The dishes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Always. Exactly. Podcasts or music for me when I do the dishes. Yeah. Either yeah. or. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. What's your go-to track? Oof. <laughs> you know, to you watch, up, watch up. What are you starting with? Um, it's a. As of late, it's been something um, that you might not even know it. It's called Zoom by Fat Lowry's band. <laughs> Have you ever heard? I don't, that song? I don't know it. No. No. But it's like a, it's like an obscure one-hit wonder from the seventies, okay, yeah. Cool. And I promise you, listen to it after this, okay, and you'll it'll be stuck in yeah, it'll be stuck in your stuck in your head. Nice. Yeah. I thought maybe Jeff would know about them. No, I'm kind I, of surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two of us. Je- no. This, yeah, uh, this I'll guy's a music genius. Yeah. The fact that nobody knows about it is, is probably crap. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't. But now I'm going to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the opening line is Zoom, just one look, and then the heart went boom. So it's like we're talking like <laughs> expert level of lyric writing. Do you know That's me? declarative, yeah. though. It's declarative. Yeah. It is. Indeed, yeah. Yes. Were they playing in SG? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I haven't even seen the band. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're talking obscure. Yeah, we're talking obscure. <laughs> Somewhere there's a YouTube video buried deep in there somewhere, yeah, deep oh, in the yeah. algorithm. Of Fat Larry's band. Yeah. <laughs> Fat <Yeah>. Larry's band. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool. Um, I was going to also say uh, that with respect to the, um, the the guitar collection, are there any within your collection that um, have that sort of family connection that you just w- would never touch in terms of one in, one out? Yeah, I've had, I've got, um, yeah, so I had... The my recent Gibson SG was a, quite a recent um, present from my my mum and dad, so that will never go now. Um, but this, I don't know, you know, I know this doesn't help for podcasting, but maybe you can just chop it out. But I'll show you this one quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So this one's a um, it's uh-huh. like a, a replica of John Lennon's acoustic. But if mm. I just turn it round, I don't know if this will show. Can you see? Can you see at the top there? Will, will yeah. that show? Yeah. Like oh, I can see the engraving. Yeah. 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 So, so it says "Love, love, love." Erin and Aunt, and that's oh, 2011. Nice. So that's my wife and her dad. Okay. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, when I was uh, when, well, ten years ago, um, I, I really wanted it, and it, I was saying to Erin, I, I was like college student really, so I didn't have any money whatsoever. And then um, I owned another acoustic guitar, and I said to Erin, I need to get a case for this acoustic guitar that I've got. This this older acoustic guitar. Anyway, I came came to see Erin and and who's my wife now and her and her father and there was a case on the floor, and they were like, "Oh, we sorted you out with the case. We knew you wanted a case for the, for your other guitar." And I was like, "I was I was over the moon. I was like, no way. Yeah. You know, that is such a generous thing to do. Absolutely." So I was like, "So we, they were like, oh, go and grab your guitar and see if it fits in." So I went to go and get my uh, my guitar. Obviously, flipped open the case. And this was inside, so that's oh, it's one of those little um, awesome. magic wow. things. Yeah, I'll never part with that. John, no, for sure, nope. it means a lot yeah. to me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, cool. That's awesome. Wow, very nice. Very so nice cool. One too. 
All right. Well, why don't we save the other bits of kind of interviewee, chatty, kind of experience stuff uh, yeah. until the end, if that's cool, because I think that's and some of it, and some of it is you know it's definitely going to work its way out as we talk about the score. I just I just feel that it will. But Absolutely. if um, I think that was uh, preamble enough, huh? Let's let's just break into right. the score. I think we've established a little bit of a rapport, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, think we're good. I, think, I think so. <laughs> Listen, anybody who's listened to uh, one of our soundtrack episodes in the past, or even one of our early episodes, knows that we're all about the amateur touch here on the show. So I've got my. <laughs> I got my trusty Bluetooth speaker here, and I'm telling you, it is trusty. It's old and trusty. And my old generation iPod, I don't even know what it is, but this is going to see us through. This is going to be our tour guide through the score. Fantastic. Nice. If, uh, if you guys are cool with that. And yeah, so I want to start off by giving credit to where credit's due. Um, the sources that I've consulted for this, um, it's a teacher in me, you know, I cannot get away from <laughs> needing to recognize the sources, yeah. right? Like I have to the do footnotes. it. The footnotes and stuff. Yeah. No, but um, the, the first one is Burlingham's Music of James Bond book. That's an awesome book. And it's really been helpful along the way. The second book that I want to talk about that also helped me out with this is um, Mankiewicz's uh, autobiography, which mm-hmm. we talked about in the past in a previous show. There's also the um, the Tashin book on Bond, uh, edited by Paul Duncan. That stuff's been helpful. And, of course, a little online site, some of which were anonymous. But I've pulled together from a lot of different things to, to kind of put the, the context in. Bond wiki, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, with, that, with that out of the way, let's just talk about how this score got made, because it's a really cool story, actually. Really cool story. Now, John Barry did not visit the Japanese or the Swiss locations when he when he was writing You'll Only Live Twice or Majesties, but he did visit Las Vegas as part of this sort of get ready for the show, you know, type thing. And he recalls, this is him quoting, Back then, it was a hard-nosed gamble in town. It was Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, this adult entertainment thing. You never saw a child in Las Vegas. They gambled all the way through the night. Five o'clock in the morning, they were down there. They never closed. Now, I have not been to Vegas. Chris, I think you have. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it is, isn't it, a much more kid-friendly place now than it was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. There's a lot of stuff within Vegas that's sort of, you know, uh, catering for the families. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an amazing place. Amazing place. Definitely worth a visit. Mm-hmm. Well... John Barry himself rated this as his most American score to date, but it was really interesting to read Burlingham's book. He reckons that a film he did a few years before that, The Chase. Ah, you've got it. Good man. So you'll know <laughs> The Chase. That's a, that's a film with uh, Marlon Brando, Jane Fonda, and Robert Redford. I have not seen it, but Barry says that that, or sorry, Burlingham holds that that's, that score has a bit more American vibe to it. Do you guys know that one at all? No, but judging by the cast, I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I know, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, every time I, I see Tiffany Case, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I just think, wouldn't Jane Fonda have been really good in the role, too? Oh, yes. Yeah, that was in I my know. head right yeah. at that moment, man. <laughs> yeah, I was about I to say that. Oh, That's sorry, crazy. buddy. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's true, though, yeah. Even the way that, like, Jill St. John speaks, it reminded me a little yeah. bit of Jane Fonda. Like, mm-hmm. the way, her, like, her, her, how she enunciates things, mm-hmm. it really reminded me of her. So, yeah, that was first in my mind, like, if they adapted Fleming's book and then yeah. had Jane Fonda in the role, like that would have been perfect. Aye, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what else do I got here about that? Oh, yeah. Barry says that, um, you know, when you're in America, you get a vibration for all that activity. You just kind of get the smell and the feel of it and it comes out in the notes. And I wonder, Chris, 
uh, we're North Americans, we're Canadians. I mean, I've been in Scotland for 15 years, but when you as uh, as a, a Welshman go to America or Vegas even, like, do you feel a vibe that creatively kind of says, yeah, I'm going to do something different here. I, I, next time I pick up my, my guitar, I'm going to feel different. Like, 100%. is there anything in that? 100%. One hundred percent. Yeah. Cool. So I'm in I'm in uh, rural North Wales. So I'm literally like fifteen minutes away from Timmy D's home hometown, mm. which is mm-hmm. Colwyn Bay. Yeah. So um, I mean, like if you if you zoom out now on like a Google Maps, we're talking just green. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> when it's yeah. So when so when I went to Vegas, and um, which was my first time visiting the states, it oh, was oh, Vegas. Okay. Yeah. So we went <laughs> we went to New York for a honeymoon, but but going to Vegas was like a huge eye opener huge eye opener yeah. and like one thing i remember that about that was um there was a, a day where erin was like wanted to sort of chill out in the hotel so i said i'm just gonna go for a walk I'm just gonna walk the strip and i had the best of frank sinatra in my ears yeah <laughs> like <That's awesome>. i'm <laughs> nice. you know proper touristy i know but i just i had to do it and i was i was walking down the strip with with sinatra and i thought this is just so far away from my existence back yeah. home. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. So I could imagine, I mean, I'm sure, you know, John Barry was sort of well-travelled, but I'm sure that would have an influence. How could it not? Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, something else Barry mentions in the book, um, or I should say Burlingham writes about in, in his book, is that Barry wrote music with um, uh, Alan Lerner, who's a lyricist on on this musical Lolita, My Love, based on the Nabokov novel. Now, Vladimir Nabokov was really against any adaptations of Lolita. He he felt that to do so would be to bring that book into like a popular culture for which the book itself and the story, the content, um, just was not prepared or, or it was not appropriate. But I... It went out and I did a bit of searching because I didn't know much about this at all. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard anything about Lolita, My Love. It was, it, I mean, it was a failed musical, I think, by all by all wow. accounts. Um, the the critics just slammed it, and I don't know if it had something to do with, uh, the, you know, the content, even though the content had been softened and watered down considerably for presentation on stage. I don't know if that had something to do with it. But yeah, when this thing opened in Philadelphia, uh, it was just savagely thrown down and... Uh, Barry never really had a proper recording of that released, but there is some live stuff uh, you can you can hear on on um, on YouTube, and uh, I've just managed to get a little bit here. Do you want to hear a little bit of the overture oh, cool. for that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see what good. you guys think of this. So this is um, a little bit from that. I know because it's not a great recording. It's a live thing from '71, oh, but okay. it um, it's very really big band. I very like big it. Band. Yeah. yeah, very guitar yeah, heavy too. Cool. Mm-hmm. And it it just kind of struck me that um, a, a composer of you know Barry's stature and acclaim, even then, you know, would, wouldn't have been given 
like, I don't know, like, I'm surprised this didn't have any release at all, you know? I mean, it has been rebrought recently back onto the stage. I think there was, like, a, an amateur production company in America that's, that's revived this to a sense, or maybe 10 years ago or something. I've got that written down here somewhere, but... Uh, Oh, 2019. Uh, it was a York theater company in New York, so probably not as amateur as I'm making out. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, they they brought it back in uh, in 2019. But anyway, I just wonder if uh, you guys knew anything about that. It sounds great. It yeah, sounds like it's cool. got some drive. It sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah, uh, Josh, you'll appreciate this though, buddy. Um, lead actor in that, John Neville from the X Files. Well manicured man. Oh, the Canadian, the, the oh, really? Canadian, yeah. the Canadian nice. uh, Shakespearean. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, the critics like a lot him. of people remember Neville from. Uh, did you ever see the Adventures of Baron Munchausen? Yeah, he was like the lead yeah. in that movie, and he was really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you always see him like playing like British roles, but he's Canadian. He, I guess he's like Christopher Plummer. I guess yeah. you could say in that way. Like, yeah, he of plays the same the British ilk. type characters. Mm-hmm. Same ilk. Yeah, the Shakespearean Stratford Ontario group, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One yeah. one of the songs that came from that uh, was recorded later by Shirley Bassey for a record, oh. Never, 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 uh, in a couple of years after in 1973. And that's Going, Going, Gone. Now, that's a beautiful song. Chris, do you know that one? No, no, no I don't. How, how do you feel about Bassey? I should ask you, I guess, shouldn't I? Well, for the Bond stuff, absolutely yeah, for the, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Top, uh, top tier. <laughs> does, it, yeah. does it get better? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, no. no, I'll play a little bit of that for you because this is a song that Barry had written for that musical never really uh, came to much but uh, when Bassie puts her vocals to it obviously you know have a listen to this going going gone love is going going gone there's a limited supply Better bid, better buy While the sale is going on Going, going, gone It's just got that inimitable sound, That's isn't it? beautiful. It, kinda, it, I feel like that could be on Tapestry by Carol King, though. I feel like that, yeah. Yeah, that, that point, album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got yeah. that to it, too, eh? Uh, she's got it's such a cracking voice. No, no. Yeah, yeah, her voice it's is It's nice great. to hear her outside of, like, a Bond kind of sound, too, eh? Like, she she, she does, yeah. like, the lowest tones really good, yeah. too. Loungy. That's really neat. It sounds Loungy. like 1973. Yeah. That was 1973? 73, yeah. Yeah, I could hear the carpet in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could actually good, picture, good. I could actually picture like uh, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, she and him. Hell, yeah. I can see her covering totally. that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Same sure. Kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear it. Hi. Well, uh, Barry recorded a couple of other scores that year. That he did Diamonds. He did um, The Last Valley, which is a score that we've talked about on the show before, Josh. It's a real mm. powerful score. You know, real big yeah. with, with chorus and stuff. Uh, I've been trying to find a movie. It's really hard to find because it's about the uh, Thirty Years' War, like in the sixteen hundreds. And it's really hard to find, but uh, Michael Caine is in the Mm -hmm. movie, I believe. You should be able to stream it, no? Yeah, possibly. I'm going to look for it anyways, because I really, I'm I'm a historical buff, and I would love to see, like, that movie, Mm because some of the historical films made in the 60s and early 70s are some of the best you can get, because they're not, like, bloated like a lot of the pre Hollywood, you know, those, before then, the big Hollywood movies like Cleopatra and stuff Mm. like that, as, as good as they are, I kind of like the more stripped down, bare bones kind of stories. Storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but um, go ahead, buddy. Barry then did. Uh, then Barry after Diamonds, he did uh, Mary Queen of Scots, which Ooh, is a great score. That's a lovely score. Yeah. Do you want to hear a wee bit of that? 
Yeah, that'd be I, nice. This, this yeah. is just us geeking out on film music, yeah, Chris. You had to apologize. Oh, yeah. We got to apologize for you, buddy. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, we, this is lovely. This is, this is nice. how you want to spend your Saturday. <laughs> and I think there is some diamonds feel to this as well. Especially the opening. 100%. Listen to that. Now, this is a softer uh, uh, play of the, the theme. Is that of our harpsichord? I think so. I think it's. I think it's, I think it's a. I don't know. I mean, it could be. It could be a, an organ or a synth, some sort oh, of. maybe. What do you think, Chris? You're you're more. It's lovely. Oh, it's, it, what in the instrument? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I can't. I can't. Yeah, it's got like a synthy harpsichord kind yeah. of vibe yeah. to it, isn't it? Yeah. Like a clavinet or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, he also did the score for a movie called, um, what is it here? I got it written down here. Walkabout. Apologies. Walkabout. Now, I don't know anything about that. That's with uh, Jenny Agutter was in that movie. Is that right? uh, From uh, Logan's Run? Yeah, from Logan's Run. And she's a big American werewolf in Paris and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Okay, cool. All right, well, I don't, uh, I mean, I don't want to go too much into any of that, but it's, it's interesting, particularly that a guy could you know, be writing a Bond score, you know, and have this sort of memory of this kind of failed musical going on, you know, traveling to America, influenced by what he's seeing there. You've got these other historical films that he's writing and then another one in a completely different culture. I mean, and and I really feel the versatility of John Barry speaks in this particular Bond score, maybe in a way that, you know, doesn't in some of the other ones because of the genre writing and because of the source music. Yeah. To that, Scott, if I could just for, uh, make it make yeah. a note, is like that actually makes me appreciate uh, Diamonds even more because he had so many other projects kind of on the go, mm-hmm. and you know, and I mean, just as a person who's doing so many different projects, like too many cooks in the kitchen, like you'd think, uh, like especially at that time, like he, the the quality uh, of Diamonds definitely didn't suffer from the rest of the work he had been no, doing. No, uh, and so, and so anyways, I, I'm now I'm, I'm actually kind of even more impressed just because uh, of the quality of it. And he, again, just with him being so busy and having similar, but different styles of scores that he's working with in production. So this is, uh, that's, that's actually really cool. Thanks for showing that. Or No, for sure, man. Um, Chris, you were mentioning the the song, you know, just a, a wee while ago. Um, you know, Burlingham states in his chapter on Diamonds, guys, that this is probably Barry's best song to date. But I mean, that's kind of his feeling. But because of the the lyrics, it kind of ended up costing it an Oscar nomination or any sort of serious Academy thought. Uh, what, what do you guys? What do you think of that? Mm. I think it's just a complete sign of the times, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? They just weren't That's ready. A good point. They just yeah. weren't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I get, I get the fact that it, you know, it is quite, you know, they are touching on some. It's not very well disguised, is it? Let's be no, honest. No. When you listen to that lyrical content, no. but at the same time, in terms of, in terms, if you look at those lyrics, black and white, there isn't, there is nothing else other, other than it being suggestive. Mm-hmm. There's nothing mm-hmm. that really deems it dirty. No, to be completely no, no, no. fair. No. You know, um, but yeah, I think I think those lyrics are absolutely fantastic. Tom Salt, Saltzman me. hated them. Saltzman absolutely hated yeah. them. <laughs> he, he quoted really saying they were dirty, uh-huh. didn't he? Yeah. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, uh, Saltzman was eccentric. He was <laughs> yeah. a character. Let's just say that. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. he didn't like live and let die either, did he? 
No. <laughs> no. And he wanted someone else he, to sing it, But he was it, too he? busy going bankrupt. That's, he was too busy going bankrupt. That's what he was doing. <laughs> he was angry at everything. And, everything. Everything. Yeah. Sucks. And and building like his into like building like basically James Bond villain sets into his kids train set, you know? Like I remember seeing those interviews with like his kids talking about how like their their Christmas tree, like the Christmas floor would open up and the trains that would come out of the ground and stuff. Like did Ken Adam design yeah. his like uh his oh, Christmas, like decorations or something? Yeah. Oh man. Could you imagine Ken Adams building your train set for oh, Christmas? Oh god. god. Could you it, would, it would be like He'd have to start one Christmas, and he'd have it finished next Christmas. <laughs> yes. But it would be, be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I tell you what, um, Don Black and John Barry, they, they sure did like it, and they were fighting hard for it. And um, Great combo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much, yeah. Uh, Broccoli liked it, didn't he? Broccoli mm-hmm. liked it. He, I think he, uh, he, he was quite keen on it, and he sat down, and he just kind of was like, well, let, let Harry, you know sound off and let him do his thing and the rest of them i think just kind of sat back and ate or drank some jack daniels if i if i correct in reading that. that's it that's, yeah that's exactly it yeah social i think lubricant. i think yeah i think there was a few expletives <laughs> that were sort of uh, thrown over uh, towards him weren't they from uh, from john barry but and to yeah. be honest rightly so rightly so yeah. you know yeah uh, absolutely it is it is a, it's a no-brainer yeah i don't know how anybody could could possibly even quibble it when they've heard it for the first ever time i know it's just no. it's a no-brainer it's an but I guess fantastic song we're also getting to that point where saltzman and broccoli are starting to fall out a bit they're, they're probably picking at each other about control and about yeah. you know management stuff anyway so any There's any politics opportunity behind it definitely yeah. politics behind it eh? anyway right draw on the tension too that like Lazenby was a failure at that time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they're bringing Connery back again so there's all this tension going on just just to throw more fuel on the fire yeah. as well right yeah, yeah good point absolutely yeah. good point well the the score called for a lot of source music and the source music for me in this score is just remarkable because you can listen to it it's on its the own the whole score is source music yeah wow. You can. you can like put it on in the background, have a cocktail party, or yeah, pour yeah, a absolutely. martini party. Well, you, no, you yeah. can. Uh, it is exactly yeah. one thing I was just going to mention about like the actual song with uh, with uh, Bassy is I feel like that song is kind of starts in the sixties and it ends in the seventies, like halfway through. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean I was making the joke earlier about like you know nineteen seventy one is kind of like a sixties hangover, uh, you know at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you listen to like about halfway through the track, it literally starts to sound like seventies funk Motown because it almost. If you think about like Shaft, like I, I mean, I, I'm I'm kidding, but I'm not because at the beginning it kind of sounds like a sixties kind of song, and then halfway through when you start to it kind of it kind of crescendos, and then you kind of hear that 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 beat. And then I feel like it kind of gets into the seventies. Does that make sense, or am I off here? Uh, no, hundred percent. I, I like it though. It's yeah. like you'll probably um, Scott, maybe with your with your percussion and things, you'll probably be able to sort of pinpoint the, this a little bit better. But I think if they go into like sixteenths halfway through mm-hmm. on the hi hat, yeah, there's a the pickup. That, it's really yeah, nice. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it's I got that kind of that. like that's what it meant. Exactly. That is epic. Yeah, that could be the transition. Yeah, that's yeah. That was a good transition. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Stunning. I just find like that that opening like that the, the, the moog at the beginning like just kind of pulls you right into the song and it just yeah. immerses you right it does and it, it, 
Yeah. And it's interesting because like you get the the pre credit sequence, which I have my own issues with. Yeah. And you're kinda of left off going, What was that? And then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. the, the song yeah. brings me back into it again. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I always love the opening of that song. I just kinda of like it just kinda of lulls right. me right into that world again. Yeah. And it, it blew my mind reading to quote the the Birmingham book as well, it blew my mind finding out that those those eight notes are to reflect the eight sides of a diamond. Come on. That's and, then he re- and then he reworks that <laughs> nice. for Winton Kid, you know, yeah. later yes. on. Oh, yes. So good. Yeah. Should we should we listen yeah. to it? I yeah. feel yeah. like we're kinda doing everything yeah. but listening to those first yeah. opening little yeah. bits. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Right, let's, let's, do it. Uh, let's get this. This thing very going. little known song called Diamonds Are <laughs> yeah. Forever for those listening to home. Deep cut. Very obscure, yeah. Not the Kanye way. Diamonds are forever. Such an inspired little opening, isn't it? Oh, and so yeah, so yeah. much going on in there that ends up to texture the score, which is one of the reasons why I think the Bond scores are, are still so very deserving of attention and acclaim. You know that idea of the the, the motif and the lay motif, and you you work in something like a lot of modern film music. Maybe because the films themselves are directed differently, or the editing calls for something different, but they they just lack that um, that sort of root. You know that anchor that you can go back to yeah. thematically. Yeah, palimpsest almost in a way. Like there's like this layering that they use that the that the Barry scores and films of that time had. You know, like mm. even like the big guys like Williams and mm. uh, Goldsmith and you know like there's very few of those type of composers these days. Everyone is like a student of Hans Zimmer basically nowadays. Mm. <sighs> yeah, and that, that's, that's you know that's okay too. That does its thing, right? Yeah, I mean, does its it thing. works for what it it works for what it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I am very excited to hear Hans Zimmer's score mm-hmm. for for uh, no no time to die. I was not a fan of the uh, Thomas Newman scores. Uh, I like Thomas Newman. I love Road to Perdition. I love uh, I love the Green Mile. Like he has some fantastic scores out there, but he just didn't do it for Bond for me at all. Or me. Yeah, and I wonder, Chris, yeah. if if part of the reason why Josh, just to kind of tag you guys together on this one, if one of the reasons why Thomas Newman kind of n- never did it in that in that way is because he was distant from the songwriting process and was and didn't have that opportunity mm-hmm. to integrate the title theme thematically until because I know Skyfall came to him very late in his in his scoring and so he could only yeah. write it in for a couple You're at of a disadvantage. Views. Yeah, yeah, totally. definitely. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'd agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, you go from being a Mickey Mouse composer to like, you know, spotting the action to, you know, at the last minute you get a theme and then, well, do I do something with it or do I not do something? Yeah, how with do it? we shoehorn it in? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, yeah. we'll see what Hans, Hans Zimmer's had plenty of time. So, hey, did, you know, have, has yeah, anyone he listened has to The Gun Barrel? Lots of time, yeah. No, I haven't. I have not. Have you? Uh, yeah, I've listened to The Gun Barrel. So it's on the official Hans Zimmer. I'm not mm-hmm. listening to anything else if anything leaks. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I, I, I couldn't. I, I think maybe I lasted a day and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But that that gun barrel, is, is it good. makes you it makes you feel wow. good. Okay, good. It makes me feel. Did good. he good. use Johnny Marr out of curiosity? Yeah, yeah. So there is. Wow. Uh, yeah, I won't Very spoil good. it anymore. But there is guitar in that in that um, gun barrel. It's not very pronounced, but there's guitar right. in there. Yeah. Cool. So it's not like Vic Fleck. It's not like the Vic Fleck kind of no. kind of sound. It's uh, because you're yeah. asking. I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. It's go not, on. Fire it's not like it's not, we're not talking like ding ding ding. He's just literally doing the root notes. So you'll you'll just hear him going down okay. down. Oh, and then he just says okay. that. Oh. That's it. Okay. But nice. it's enough to very feel cool. classic. Okay. Yeah, it is very, very cool. cool. Yeah. 
I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I I was excited to hear that Zimmer was a fan of Barry's work and he recognizes, even as big as he is and as accomplished and talented as he is, he recognizes that he's part of something bigger than himself. And whenever you hear a composer talk about that, you got to feel good as a fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, and I'm not saying Thomas Newman didn't. Zimmer in Prague. (laughs) If you ever see that Zimmer in Prague concert that you get like on Netflix and stuff, like. You can see how he much he loves all the topics that he talks about, like with all the scores that he's done and how like he, he did a whole medley on like his music for Christopher Nolan for the Dark Knight films and how he was so into the story of that. Like he just describes like mm-hmm. each different score and how they're so different and how they affect him. Mm-hmm. So I just know that if if he's respectable of if he's respectful of the Bond legacy, yeah. I, I think he's gonna I think it's gonna blow our minds. That's my th- Optimism, maybe, but yeah, fingers I'm, crossed. I'm really excited. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think, yeah, I'm more comfortable with him than there. Newman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, well, guys, let's uh, let's get back to the title song. Uh, we we were we were talking. <laughs> yeah. we, we were no, that's great. It's great. But we were talking about that sort of those those eighth notes, right, which are coming in with the the CTS organ and everything else, and and those are really neat. But that that kind of you know that that motif, I guess we'll call it a motif, you know, part of the the main theme. Uh, it does work so wonderfully in this score, and there's just something about the the mechanism of that kind of chromatic movement that that really stays in my mind. You know, a hundred percent. It it transcends the fact that it's the diamonds theme, and it just to uh, me, I yeah. forget halfway yeah. through. I'm like, that's not the diamonds melody I'm hearing. It's just Bond. That's it's, it. It's, yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. Stuff. It's so skillful, hey, so skillful. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah, with uh, just sort of how a lot of the tracks kind of, you know, come back to the theme, um, which is not uncommon in, in, in most scores, obviously, but uh, w- with the Diamonds, uh, like, overall, like, theme, it, it's probably one of my favorites for the Bond scores. And each track that uses it, it's so well placed in, mm-hmm. throughout the soundtrack, I find. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, one of my only little quibbles with it, with um, with the opening title track is from from where we've ended up with you know the the cut where we get the look where we get uh, Blofeld's cat and we see the mm-hmm. diamonds, yeah? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And and it feels like the the initial stab into the tune. I don't feel like have had. I don't feel like the stabs deserved. I don't feel like it's warranted from what I've just seen. So yeah. I've seen yeah. The yeah. Absol- yeah. Absolutely. It's all good. I- it's like. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always like, whoa, <laughs> over yeah. what I've just seen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's the only negativity. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> I guess that's as much yeah, editing, too, isn't it? Like, it is. <laughs> yeah. That's because, an edit, yeah. Because when you play the song, it's nice. It works in the song. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, when, yeah. when we get to the source music pieces, um, we can kind of talk a little bit more about that. But just moving on here, guys, with just a few more notes about the, the creation of the score itself. Uh, we talked about the eight motif that uh, was kind of reworked for Winton Kidd. Um, and I, I do like that kind of slinky, sinister thing. It's really, really cool. Yeah, but, it's a great piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I got to ask you guys about the moon buggy scene, because I know that uh, the director and Barry disagreed from what Burlingham tells us in the text that he dis- they disagreed about how this should be scored. Barry said, <laughs> "I'm not writing silly music for this because yeah. it's it's you asking me to spoof something that's already a spoof." Yeah, and you've got to you got to deliver as a composer straight to the audience in a in a, in a moment straight, like yeah. that. But uh, I find that really interesting from a cinema point of view because um, Barry grew up 
in York, right? His dad owned cinemas and he grew up watching movies and being part of that life. And he knows movies. He's not just a composer for hire. Well, he is, but he's a composer for hire with an IQ on <laughs> cinema. And I'm wondering if this, if, if this decision or this argument with Hamilton was coming from a deeper place too about, no, look, you got to trust me. It's not just a musical decision. I'm telling you what's good yeah. for the film, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah, know. that's a good, uh, good theory. Absolutely. I like that. That's, that's yeah. what I like. I like to create that idea, but maybe it was nothing like that. But Barry knew how to spot and he knew how to you know tap into emotions and stuff and maybe he called it right here because that that moon buggy scene is kind of silly like when i'm watching it i'm like oh it, it's almost like it cardboard works, dry. Though, at the same time it like it, it, it works just because how i find like you get that sequence from when you get to the facility and then he escapes with on the moon buggy. Then how even the music goes builds into the the return to Las Vegas and yeah. then the car chase. Like everything is all so wonderfully synced together and, and just like mm. there's so many great set pieces in this movie. Like we talked about, you know, how the score is the best part of Diamonds Are Forever. And yeah. that is definitely in the top three for sure. But the stunt work and the just the, the um the logistics of how they set up the action sequences in this film and how they were edited together is just really phenomenal. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I mean, I did a, I did a watch through, and then I've been listening to the score by itself. And it's funny because when you listen to the Moon Buggy song, you're like, "This does not sound like if you if you're thinking about Moon Buggy, you're like, I don't, I don't see it, I don't yeah. hear it." Which is which is fine because then you were expecting like you know, I was like, "Oh no, it's going to be like a slide whistle, you know, or yeah, something yeah. like that, yes. or, or, or something goofy." Uh, but it's actually but it, epic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. It's definitely not campy like the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a fan fantastic, fantastic track. See the moon buggy, Chris. We've we've all weighed in on it. What, what are your thoughts on that moon buggy scene? Musically. So m musically, I think if I was to if you if you to select one track on the whole score to surmise the score as a whole, you, you pick moon buggy. I think it's it's got. There's that many elements crammed into what three, three and a half minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not almost. Much to it. yep. It's not. It's almost like a little overture. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's. I think it's fab. And to be honest, I, I don't even hate on the actual moon buggy scene itself. I like seeing Bond. Yeah. in vehicles he's not comfortable with. Yeah, I've always well, liked that. You got something there, you, know, you got something. You know, when we're talking like Skyfall Digger, you know, that kind yeah, of, yeah. I, I think when, when, yeah. when Bond's out of his comfort zone, and then he hops on a trike. Yeah, yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. Oh, that trike, <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to tip over. I'm like, yeah. oh God. And do you see his like, so expert sort of um, vault off it at the end and it carries yeah. on? But no, I, I think... I, I was picturing him having like a Shriner's hat on <laughs> yeah. when he's driving that. Like, you know, it's like he's got to catch up with the parade somewhere. But... Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I think it's great. And then I think it ends with that sleazy sax line, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. The sax is great. Yeah. yeah. It's like, great. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's a lot Vegas. of wonderful sax writing for for this score. There is. Lots of really yeah. good lines on that. All well, right, let's, let's, just, let's just move on. Okay, good, good. We got your thought. Josh, I believe you got the moon buggy, don't you? Oh, yeah. I, 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 gave, I gave you a model of the moon buggy. <laughs> I, I was uh, for a We're time. We're going to see this, it. I was collecting yeah, those yeah. car, those, um, yeah, you know, the, the car, car, car right? Film. Like uh, you know, they're just a collectibles. And. I, I got them. I got them thinking. Hey, this is okay if we're going to do a run through the you know the, uh, the the films on our podcast. And I got the books to go along with it. This is awesome because I love the cars. Yeah. And of course, now they're all up in the attic because my kids have taken over the house, which is. Fine. <laughs> but I sent Josh the moon buggy, and uh, yeah, I, I, there it is. Oh, so, nice! <laughs> look at that. <laughs> it has like a little background in it too. It does. Yeah, it really does. Very, very nice. Mm -hmm. I yeah, like. It's cool. That's cool. Yeah. 
Very nice. All right, yeah. let's uh, let's leave the moon buggy behind. Um, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So the film and the score both reviewed pretty warmly when we did our review on the show, guys. We talked about um, that sort of lukewarm knee jerk reaction to just having Connery back. Kind of seemed to apologize, or sorry, to make up for anything that the film needed to apologize for. They were just happy to have that guy back. And yeah, the score was it was received well. However, I think United Artists were were, were because. The memory of uh, Majesties and uh, Lazenby was still kind of upsetting them a wee bit. I think they, they didn't do much to promote the album at the start. You know, it was something to kind of carry it on afterwards, if I'm correct in saying that. Um, what else have I got here? Bassie's uh, single reached number 52. Dame Shirley, I should say. Dame Shirley's mm. single reached number 52 on the Billboard Pop American charts and number 38 in the UK. The mm. album did chart. Uh, in America, and it reached number 72, which was better than Majesties, but not as good as You Only Live Twice, which rose to number 27, and it didn't chart in the UK at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. It's crazy, that. Really, I know, it? indeed, yeah. It is when you think about it, yeah. But John Barry did have a bit of success at that time, though, didn't he, with the Persuader stuff? That was all the rage yeah. in, in 1972, I think. Yeah. So, anyway, oh, yeah. that was on the, that was on the charts. I don't know what number it was on, but it uh, it was there somewhere. Anyway, uh, what else do I got? Little final notes, guys, before we, we crack in here and we let Chris guide us with his choice of tracks. Um, Bond's fight in the elevator, unscored. Oh, fantastic. Which I think is a good decision. Added a bit of verisimilitude to the scene. Mm. Um, there's that little small five-note thing we get at the end, right? But that, that's that kind of like at, at the climax. That like permeates yeah. the film, yeah, exactly. That's it, yeah. But uh, are we happy with that? Do we like that? Yeah, absolutely. like a music. I, yes, I do. Yeah, you can yes. hear the gears of the elevator as it goes up. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's am- I think that's amazing. It's, it's, it's on um, Russia with Love think, Brutal. I do think the editing kind of though is a little bit falls apart at the end. Even though it's a well choreographed fight and stunt yes, sequence that they did, because yep. it looks like he only fell one floor <laughs> by like the end of it. <laughs> well, yeah, he's in pretty good shape. He's in good shape. Yeah. yeah, very yeah, good shape. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a bleeder, is he? That's what I meant. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, but, uh, he must have broke his neck or something, or <laughs> yeah. I don't know, concussion. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, uh, it's funny. I hadn't actually noticed that until you just mentioned it. But yeah, no, I, 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 no, it's true. Because when I was watching that too, I'm like. I guess it's just because I'm used to like you know Netflix violence now. We're like you know like all these new these new uh, yeah. these new streaming services that are just like their budgets like what like a million an episode. So they're like, let's make sure that if this guy breaks his arm, like we have Boom. exactly like we need to get like a like a the ADR guy who's like, okay, so that was the humorous. Okay, so let's make <laughs> let's do this right. And like, okay, like, boom. Okay, you know. Uh. But yeah, but anyways, it's true. I, when I was watching it, Josh, I was like, he did very well. I mean, he's still dead. Not that he could be like, well, at least I don't look like road pizza. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's, it'll be an open casket. <laughs> Let's be honest. I have but, to laugh uh, as well <laughs> from watching that scene when um, when Bond obviously um, takes out the, the ID. That's a gr- yeah, that's great. Have you yeah. seen Connery's face on the ID? That is a brutal facial expression. <laughs> We're talking like... I'm going to savagely murder you in facial expression. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. pretty sure when you go into those boobs, they say, just don't smile, not grimace. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Smile, yeah. That, that would have been taken. Um, one day he came in, right? He would have been out golfing with Jimmy Dean and they'll have both yeah. been hung over and they'll have just shoved yeah. the camera in front of his face. And like, just, oh, do I have to do it. this now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how I feel after my margaritas last night. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no Moog in this, or Moog, sorry, no Moog in this um, in this score. 
Really? I read that. There, there's there's, there's definitely organ. There's an organ, yeah. Yamaha organ, but yeah. Okay, yeah. I just got this marked down, and you can correct me, uh, anybody can correct me on this, so if you want to fact check this, but John Richards, I uh, read, was the engineer who did the album, and the the CTS kind of home organ, because the CTS studios in London is where this was recorded, that was what was uh, taken for the title theme and uh, most of the okay. other cues. Now, okay. I could be wrong in this, I don't know how many synths, you know, were used or brought in or whatever, but I read that, and I think it was in the Burlingham's book, that the Moog wasn't used. Am I right in that, Chris? Am I right in saying that? That sounds right. Yeah, that does sound right. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Right. Anyway, that, that's yeah. very for you, though, isn't it? Like, I do everything with this and now onto this, doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, well, like, like really, wah wah guitar. You know, there's there's some there's some prominent wah wah guitar in that in that theme. And if you think about it, really, that's a testament to to Barry in in being forward thinking. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Like Moog, Moog. I mean, the the um, Bond theme in the obviously in Majesties to do that with a synthesizer's yeah. massive. That's a huge deal. It is. And yeah. the fact that ambitious and the, too. Ambitious Very. and the fact that he's he's stepped on wah guitar, uh, wah guitar when really. I think like the first documented use of wild guitar was like Clapton and Cream and Hendrix, which was like maybe late 60s, 67. Mm -hmm. So we're like three years on, they've already been in production for however long. So in terms of being on the beat, you can't fault him really for being able to, you know, keep on track of things that are real current. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Um, That's amazing. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Mm. Anyway, the um, the last thing, guys, I got here is just about that that music in the funeral parlor, which kind of yeah. serves serves as both yeah. diegetic both. and non diegetic. It's yeah, really yeah. It's interesting. So, it's so well done. And it really I, I, is, I yeah. just made when when uh, Chris was describing his sorry his his family and they're all musical. I was thinking, and you're talking about your your grandmother and, and the organ. I was thinking, yeah. man, I think she should play that song <laughs> just in slumbering, like slumber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slumber, yeah. 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 <laughs> so and I I mean I had just sort of made some no- <laughs> some notes about it. And I was saying like with slumber incorporated. I was saying like. Um, it, it's it's a good use of sort of like that 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 kind of funeral organ that you hear, and then like halfway through towards the end, it turns into like boss level fight music. It does, around, you know, absolutely. Like, or like for, for a video like game that. or yeah. something like, oh look, here comes Bowser. It does. <laughs> but uh, I was just gonna uh, pick up on what you said and and ask if at, at any point are we meant to take that sort of it's funeral music and then see that there is a natural transition into that sort of diegetic stuff or uh, or are we meant always to view that as what's actually playing in the funeral parlor because that's yeah. some hell of a music to listen oh, to if you're a family yeah. grieving it's, it, 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 it literally goes intense. into Morricone level western it does <laughs> yeah, it right. you've got it like does. a oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking of yeah yeah. yeah, could you just imagine sitting there like going through a service, and then like it's it gets to that sort of crescendo, Jesus. and like all the all the family are sitting together just looking at each other like what what's happening? <laughs> like are we about to go in? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's kind of like that scene in The Simpsons when, like, the the the, the church lady starts to do, like, Anagata DeVita, and then, yeah. like, she yeah. falls dead. Then everyone's yeah. like, like, what's And then happening? the man with no name walks into the yeah. room with Eli Wallach. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Fantastic. No, all right. Well, look, guys, that's um, that, that's kind of all I had uh, in terms of notes. Um, I'm really keen, Chris, because you're a special guest, buddy. Why don't you kind of steer us through the tracks you want to talk about most? Yeah. So my my auto, I've made some notes as well, um, just from listening this morning. But one of my favorite um, tracks is the Diamonds um, Source in- uh, Source Instrumentals. So it's the first okay, yeah. I, because I've lived on the on the vinyl for so long. I've tried to. Um, not talk about sides, but it is sure. side. It's track one, side two. 
Oh, is mm-hmm. the is the one, but that's yeah, yeah. got that's the um, you know Connery just kind of oozing cool as he walks in. He's, he's seeing Tiffany for the first time. Right. That for me is Friday night, and it is my oh look at that right on this cue is, as this well. This is the one, hey. Beautiful. That's the right. one. Listen to that. Uh, no, Listen I mean to that. just talk your way through it, buddy. I mean it is awesome. Yeah, it's lovely. So I love this. You can hear the brushes on the snare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the first time that you can really, really hear that it's upright bass. So if you listen to the actual title track, it's clearly like a Fender bass. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it's an electric bass. But you can hear this has just got the percussive sort of, you know, elements of a upright. It's kind of yeah, step rhythm of walking up. Is yeah, that it's a, got like a bit of like a... a vibraphone or marimba or something yeah that's exactly i've got vibraphone Uh, or or marimba question mark on my notes as well yeah (laughs) and particularly if if they're amplified as well you got it's really tricky to to differentiate those sounds sometimes it is it is i mean this is for anyone that's sort of not in the uk that we've got a a m&s like marks and spencer and this reminds me of that i can imagine sort of food on a trailer do you know what i mean kind of like (laughs) Yeah. Close Hot ups food. of some kind of well, pork. But, be, but better yeah, than yeah. being a cool is grocery store music. <laughs> yeah. <it's great>. yeah. <laughs> Upper all right, class just just leave it alone. Leave, leave alone all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you guys yeah. tell you what. I didn't say anything. Uh, yeah, you too, I you did. It, well, to, to add on to what Chris was saying, I was thinking, like, when I hear that track, I picture, like, if I was going to have, like, a hidden bar, like, if I was Bond and I, like, you know, I pull, like, I don't know, I pull a book out of the, out of a, my uh, my library to have like a hidden like man cave bar that's what would be playing yes like when i do it it would like instantly like drop a needle on like a really nice record player and that's what would be and then i would like take out like you know my uh my vermouth whatever make like a martini yeah and that's the song that would be playing because it's like cool cool. and like you're just like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah It is. That's a great. That's a great track. So that's your favorite piece of source music from the score. Of a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, nice. And then it's there up was on mine for sure. Yeah, uh, there was another. Just going back to, um, I know we've we've touched on the Winton Kid theme, but there's a particular okay, bit yeah. when you actually watch the film. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you first see them them um, come on screen and you've got the, it's lovely. It's dark, but there's a particular bit where the helicopter's flying over. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, next time you're watching, the strings complete oh, yeah. that phrase, and God, it's eerie. Like mm. it, it so really eerie. is, kind of yeah. like that, like just a hundred percent. That's when you realise, all jokes aside about whatever you want to say about right. Romans, they are two very, very dangerous assassins. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think the way he scored that with that helicopter, because they. That's impending doom, that helicopter. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. And I just think that's stunning. I really do. Curious. How everyone who touches those diamonds seems to die. Stop right there. Who are you? Dr. Tynan sent us. Why didn't he come himself? He was taken sick. Bitten by the bug. He sent this for you. If God had wanted man to fly, he would have given him wings, Mr. Kid. 
I think he, it, there's a point there where, because at first you're kind of like, who are these guys? And it's almost to the point of campy. But like when you hear their, like their their track and that note is that that you're like, these guys are for real. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it, it's true. The, the there's so much ominous uh, sort of. Uh, it, it gives you that feel of that track, and I think you hit the nail on the head explaining, it, especially that part with the strings there. It. Mm-hmm. It's very true. And it Bruce is. Glover is just so good as uh, Mr. Wint, like so good. Yeah. He really is. Mm-hmm. And I was lo- I was watching Mr. Kid and I was thinking, I've felt, I felt it for years thinking, you really remind me of someone. And I've, I worked it out today. I was like, is, have you ever seen Woody Woodpecker? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a walrus in, in Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> and, he's, and if you, if you Google oh, walrus dude. after... He's You're got are absolutely right. He's he's like he really is the spit of that walrus, and it's sort of. It, I was is. quite happy to, uh, yeah. Clearly, obviously That's taking the job one. seriously, guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. absolutely, yeah. Jeff, he's got walrus you say vibes. He was the guy from the Muppets. I think you said he was like the dog from the from the Muppets or he something kinda, like that. Well, yeah. he- Ralph I don't know, to be a Ralph. I was going to say yeah, he Ralph reminds me of like, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he kind of reminds me of like uh, Dollar Store David Crosby. That's how I would describe Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. They should have had, either, Mr. Either had Neil Young as Mr. Kid, as, as Mr. Wint. That would have been interesting. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> totally. <spot> on. <laughs> Yeah. They got Walrus vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Definitely. <laughs> nice. And then yeah. my last, I won't, I won't um, sort of take up too much time, but my, my other one was um, 007 and counting for one incredible mm. reason. Oh, yeah. It's, a- it's You Only Live Twice. It's, it is. It's capsule yes. in space. The space march. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. No, yeah. you're right. That's that's one I got highlighted too. That that's one of the best. Uh, that's one of the best tracks on the album for me. And it, yeah. it's the third or second or third space march, right? That Barry writes because he does one that's for it. You Only Live Twice. He does one for this and Moonraker as well. Moonraker. So let let's talk then, guys, about the space marches because each of them is memorable. Each of them is really yes. special. Which one do you prefer? If you had to take one away with you, what are you gonna do? You only live twice. Desert yeah. Island. You yeah. only live twice. Absolutely. I, I, I would. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. I think that whole thing is fighting the, the the big Aryan, you know, henchmen and and it's just like there's and there's slowly the those model ships about to eat the other one and yeah, yeah. really good, really good. <laughs> and he's called Chris. The guy that's about to hit Impending Doom is called Chris in You Only Live Twice. So I often think like, oh Christ, if that was me, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I was just going to mention, there's one track that I really like. I think it's on the extended. It's not on the actual album, but it's called The Airport. And Airport I was just going to say, like, oh, I, yeah. I, I, that's actually my favorite track because it's so modern. And I made a note saying, like, I feel like if there's a band that should cover this, it would be, like, Portishead. Ooh. Yeah. You know, like, because it's so good. Like, it's just, like, I just... Uh, like when you hear because when I was watching again I'm like man it, it's such a cool track and it's only there for a short period of time but like when I just listen to it on its own yeah it's awesome that one's here yeah. it's well, or, yeah, mob it's vibes like, that. like yeah. mafia vibes to it oh yeah, yeah exactly the other thing I thought is like Gogo Bordello could cover yeah. this too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but it's uh, it's great it's a great song there's a moment in this track Jeff now that you got me listening to it where the drums pick up a double time. Yeah. And that yeah. just lifts, yeah. it lifts the track right yeah. up, and it's awesome. It's really fun. Anyway, yeah, this is a good track, yeah. And I, I really enjoy a it. A real and hot I'm, take. Yep, yep, go. I don't, my sister used to watch these animes, well, she still does, when she was younger, and there was <laughs> one show she watched called Sailor Moon. That yeah, yeah. reminds me of the Sailor Moon <laughs> theme song. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, go back and listen to the Sailor... I went on YouTube afterwards and went and listened to this theme song of Sailor Moon and... Fighting evil 
there's some similarities uh, actually, in there. I, I'm just saying. I, I, I know where saying. you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, buddy. That's my hot take for the day. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good. I do like that. It's a great tune. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a nice one. Um, what other ones stand out for you, Chris? I've made notes on all of them because I am of course, enthusiastic yeah. about this one. I'm not going to lie. This is my... Uh, yeah, oh, Q's Trick's a nice one. Yes. That, that's that's what I you love need. That one. It's a it's a heavy soundtrack. There's yeah. no getting away from it. And I think sometimes those little lighter moments just give you that little breath of fresh air. Like, oof, yeah. you know, that's a respite from it. It's great. Yeah, I mean, come on. And it works so nicely in the scene. It's just as lovely. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Every time, um, yeah. Every time I see that scene, uh, I, I'm kind of taken out of it by the elephant. To be honest, yeah. Oh, I, yes. I feel the I feel bad for room. that, yeah. but. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally the elephant in the room. I, but no, you're right. It's I such like a groovy, Q groovy little track. This device. I yeah. love how Q uses this device to crack the jackpots, but the yeah. elephant does it in one try. I know. I mean, what does it say about Q? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I made a note on that as well and said, like, it's unbelievable how we, we sort of, like, laugh it off as just being cute Desmond. Oh, you know, but he's, yeah, rinsing, yeah. A, he's rinsing a casino. Yeah. He's, he's committing yeah. like major, yeah. major crime. But he, like, doesn't oh, even yeah. seem, so he doesn't even seem bothered with the winnings, though. He just walks away from machine no. to machine. Yeah, he does. It's a good thing he's not winnings. in Martin Scorsese's casino, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. in, in, like in De Niro's hotel, uh, casino. Christ. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be a very different yeah. ending. Yeah, very, very different. Yeah. I, when I hear that song, I was like, I, I picture Q basically in another sort of like version of this scene that probably would never have come to fruition, but I can picture him doing like a Gene Kelly like dance around the machine because like when it comes <laughs> yeah. to that like I feel it sounds like you know it's like it goes to the crescendo in the middle and you're like he's just one so he's like you know spinning around yeah, he's celebrating and he's like woo I just got all my quarters back yeah it's, it's a great track now that's an upright bass in Q's trick too isn't it or is that a, it is. Is that, is that yeah yeah because it certainly sounds like it it steps it's just, that way it's got that lovely jazzy vibe to it isn't it it really does swing yeah. it's so nice and I think yeah. this leans or I think Barry leaned into his wheelhouse with this score because this is the type of writing that he would be doing arrangements for as a young man, right? Am I right in yes. saying that with the jazz type stuff? So, for sure. yeah. A lot of nostalgia probably for him oh, when he did this yeah. score. Yeah, Going back Good to point. his old sound. Mm. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Uh, right, what else we got, guys? Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the White House and the Willard White stuff? Oh, yeah. Because musically yeah. it's represented nicely in the, in, the, in the film. This is one of my favorite tracks, actually. I think it's a great piece of music, particularly as it, it uses uh, the, the full ensemble. Like, I don't think there's anything that doesn't touch a key or stroke a, a drum head here. Like, everything is used in the <laughs> yeah. White House track. And I think, it, yes. I think it's great. Um, how do you like Jimmy Dean in this film? Do we like him? In this movie, because he's straight. Yeah, uh, like, it's, yeah, yeah. I don't have an issue at all. He's a fun character. Is he outperformed uh, I, by the uh, by, by those around him? Does he stand out to you as like a, a guy who's not as comfortable in front of the uh, camera? I mean, I, I found his scenes with Connery were great. Like, I actually yeah. liked the camaraderie he showed with uh, uh, Connery. I also like the humor he brought to it too. Like when uh, Bert Saxby gets killed and he's like, tell him he's fired. He's fired. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. his eyes. Yeah, just the looks, he's like, well, you, you just see him get <laughs> yeah. full of, get, you know, just filled of, full of lead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's great. No, I do like yeah. the White House. And my, my little notes on here was like a couple of notes, but I put Vegas. Yeah. It's Vegas, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. very Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I haven't been there, but I, I mean, it's, it's Vegas as it's presented. I mean, you're the authority yeah. on that subject, Chris, for us here today. Mm. But, yeah. uh, for sure did you guys did you and your were you 
Were you with your wife when you when you went? Yes, you yeah, were. You said my girlfriend at the time. Your yeah, girlfriend. Sorry. Yeah. Did you guys do any? Uh, did you do any kind of taking the nights? Like, did you do any kind of shady tree humor kind of stand up shows or anything like that? <laughs> do you know what we went to see? Because I'm because I'm like a big Beatles fan. We went to see sure. a Cirque du Soleil show called oh. Love, and oh. it was oh, uh, wow. it was oh, all yeah. the Beatles. That was, That's and we were only awesome. there for like a few days. Do you know what I mean? So we mm-hmm. sort of crammed in. But mm-hmm. I did stay at the Tropicana like Bonders in oh, uh, in Diamond. So that was nice. Yeah, that was. Did my you have one. the fish in the waterbed? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I was watching that as as we all were, and that's not a bed, is it? It's like it's like some sort of a it's hard. Like yeah, it's hard. Like I'm like that's yeah. not good for your lower lumbar. No. It's not good for anything. Because basically you're on top of an aquarium, like you're you're, you're like yeah. you got a mattress <laughs> on top exactly of an right. aquarium. Yeah, if that. is that like a, is that like the early water beds? And also like <laughs> yeah, what they were doing on that must have been really uncomfortable too. Like when it, I don't know, I was just a weird. Take me out of the movie what, kind of scene, yeah, you know. Huh. All all the scene. To be fair, all the love scenes in this one make me feel a bit uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. like yeah. S- sifting through a sea of Connery's chest hair to get to yeah. your ashtray. Yeah. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. and it's just sitting not there, classy. isn't it? It's just it's like just you, sitting there, oh, and it's man. as he's just, breathing, wow. it's sort of going up like thirty centimeters every time he takes a breath. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's alive. I'm not into it. Yeah, it's alive. Exactly. Yeah. Where the not tiger Tanaka it. says, or, or he says the tiger Tanaka, and you only live twice. Uh, Bird not make nest in bear tree or something <laughs> <Yes>. like that. <laughs> oh God! Well, what, There's some lines you, that you could just really get rid of, couldn't you? Let's be honest. What I oh. see is Chester reminds me of that scene in like uh, Return of the Dragon with uh, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris when like Bruce Lee like grabs Chuck Norris's Chester and then like blows it back at him like a, <laughs> like a move. <laughs> God Almighty! Yeah, that's funny. Unbelievable. How hairy he got between those two films. Oh, man, I know. I know. I'm lucky if I can sprout one. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But having having a full rug, I mean, that would be amazing. It It is really funny, though, man, like to watch Diamonds. The experience of just watching and following Connery, and yeah, okay, I know, like the, the stories of you know him and Jimmy Dean golfing and all. The thing was a huge bender for him. Yeah, I think all of that stuff is very well known, but just to see how much physically he changed in in the time between, yeah. and because Quite if you a- see if you see him in profile, he's completely changed. But there are still moments where the lighting is right, and you're like, that's Goldfinger Connery. That's yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Money Penny scene when he's sort of going off in the yeah. car and they have the, it's about yep. the tulip and that's just epic yeah. Bond that looks like yeah. Bond doesn't it do you know what I mean yeah. totally speaking of Goldfinger the uh, and going back to the music the, mm. the, the music for the uh, the scene where he after the airport source where they're taking him to the slumber uh, uh, the slumber funeral home there's mm. a lot of Goldfinger vibes in that score too there like, is yeah. e- even almost like a ghost of the Goldfinger theme and like that, the you know the really sleazy horns and stuff like that, right? Uh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's yeah. a good. That's a good pickup, Josh. I hadn't uh, thought about it, but you're absolutely right. And Barry writes so well for these sort of establishing shots and scenes, doesn't he? Like where he hits you with that sort of intro Miami to Miami, and yeah. Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a classic. One of my favorite Barry pieces is, is mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton directing again too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get your opinion on one in particular, and if it's okay, Chris, I'm going to ask you. Um, to start with this one, the the track to Hell with Bond, right, which mm. is kind of like the climactic scoring. To me, this thing starts out sounding like the attack on Piz Gloria. You know, you've got yeah. this very dramatic, yeah. kind of like deliberately dramatic hits. And I think that that helps to elevate some of the subject that's become a little bit light at this point. But yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that that sequence scored as it is um, working with the film? I, I, do, you, do you like it? 
I like it. And if it, is it, this is the one where it goes into 007, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's got I think that what I like about that is it's got it's got everything. So it's got um yeah, it starts quite ominous, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it it kind of makes it's got a bit of a darker edge at the beginning. But the, even yeah, the totally. even the 007 theme has a has a darker edge to it yeah. than all the other 007 themes. Do you know what I mean as you hear it come in? I like yeah. it. I think it works really well with the soundtrack. I do. It's it's true. Yeah, it has it has a different edge to it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine like would it be I'm just I'm being optimistic now, but you you know we're talking about how Zimmer said he's a big fan of Barry. Can you imagine if you put the 007 motif like in in the new score? Like that would just like blow my mind if that happened. That was I so nice. Would it work? It'd be nice. Yeah, would it work? It would but be nice. It would Scott be nice. Scott and I had but... a discussion about this, but a long time ago we had a discussion yep. about this because yep. we were watching From Russia with Love a long time ago, and yeah. you were saying how like it's a great piece of music. You know, like even like in Moonraker, it's used so well, but. Would they? Would it work in a modern film? You know what I, I mean. I don't know. Does it work for the yeah. Craig era? I don't. I don't. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good point. It's, it's a good question. Didn't really work for the Craig era. It's a good. It's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Uh, a I don't know. Point. I mean, yeah. what do we think? I mean, we're just spitballing. I know, but yeah. if Zimmer were to bring back the 007 theme, he he couldn't bring it back the way it's characterized in the in the earlier films. Now it, it wouldn't fit Craig. Craig has got yeah. his own kind of sound, doesn't he, really? To, yeah. to be honest, like, it's lacked just James Bond theme. You know, 007 theme aside, there hasn't, there's, bare, there's been minimal Bond theme. I think yes. they can definitely yeah. warrant up in the ante with the Bond theme. Just bring that up, next, yeah. yeah. Just bring that up. Like, David Arnold ha- even had the right. faintest. Yeah. I, yeah. I would like that for sure. I, yeah. It's on my shopping list. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm, that's an excellent point. Yeah, like, let's not get ourselves too bothered with secondary themes. Just bring back the 007 the theme. theme. But yeah. perhaps, <laughs> yeah. perhaps you know, bringing on um, that sort of emphasized and publicized guitar role for the new score might... Yeah, maybe Johnny Marr will... Definitely listen to that gun barrel. You know, even I will. I go, I will. It's, worth, will. it's worth it. Because yeah, it will yeah. fill you full of confidence for the soundtrack. <laughs> okay. yeah. Good. You must excellent. have been terrified before you played it, yeah. though, hey? You must have been like... Yeah, come on, please, please. I, yeah, I was at work and I could see it. It was on YouTube on, on the phone. I was like, I'm not yeah. listening to it on my phone. That's just not happening. So I saved myself, went home, put uh, three speakers, you know, did it right. Yeah. But it was, a drink. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the, the, um, the only little um, sort of warning I'd say, which isn't a spoiler in any way, you probably get about seven seconds of tail off music at the end of that gun barrel which is clearly leading into the opening yeah pre-title yeah yeah Yeah. so you're gonna feel um you're gonna feel something when you hear that okay so you know if you if you want to stay away stay away isn't it yeah sure yeah (laughs) that's cool i i you know i used to feel that way about the spoiler of it all like i didn't want to read too much about the production i didn't want to access the new tashin book with the production photos and stuff and now i'm like man i will i'll take a little tease i'll take a little tease (laughs) yeah yeah. It's been long enough. Especially when it's on... It's all we can do. <laughs> yeah, and it's on the official Hans Zimmer YouTube. It's, it's on there for a reason. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. have a listen. It's great. <laughs> what What are we now? Is it September they moved it back to? Yeah. September. Right. Yeah, for 13th or something like that. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember. You guys will get it later, won't you, Josh, in Canada, you guys? Uh, probably. I think the North American is going to be in October, I believe. <laughs> I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Turn off your social media for a fortnight, isn't it? Oh, yeah. absolutely! Yeah, I would. I I just sort of you know go in the ground for a bit. It's tough, yeah. but that's an excellent excellent point. Yeah, you don't want to be spoiled be, by that. Yeah, exactly. Beware of spoilers. Right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Sorry, getting off track there. Um, yeah. Josh, or was it <laughs> Jeff? One of you got Jeff. You were mentioned in the Peter Frank's music, or was it you, Josh? 
I can't I was, who. because oh, I was sorry, saying it George. sounds a lot like yeah. the Circus Circus motif. That's what I yeah. was referring to. I feel like that stuff is the mo- that's kind of the most serious that the score gets, with the exception of a few little plays with, you know, To Hell with Blofeld. I, I think that the Peter Franks music, if you listen to it on its own, it, I feel like that's quite an, an ominous track. Like, that's where I feel like yeah, I'm still, I haven't gone to enough. Vegas yet, and I'm still in a spy film, kind of, you know? And I yeah. feel like at that yeah. point, Peter uh, Franks was shows a ruthless mofo, like, seriously, yeah. like... He kills the guard because remember they said on the phone like M, uh, M or Q says on the I think it was M or was a money penny I think it was M and he's on the way up kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah he's on the way yeah. up he killed the he killed the he escaped custody killed some someone to get out of custody so like that guy was a ruthless sob mm-hmm. you know and yeah. and that really builds up the fight sequence too it yeah builds exactly. up suspense for it as well right so mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's yeah. A good point. It's funny how you forget some things. Like rewatching it this time, I was really taken by that scene with um, Connery uh, learning about the diamonds and drinking the sherry with him and all of that stuff. Because I had kind of oh, forgotten yeah. about it the first time round, as you do, you know, as you, your mind kind of remembers the the explosive bits, right? But um, he looks really good in that scene. I like the suit he's wearing. I think he's sharp looking. He he feels really comfortable. Those scenes where he is talking and walking in a room as James Bond are for me, like the best moments of the film, at least in terms of the character conviction, I feel back in his own element in the, in the traditional yeah. Bond element, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. a very, it's a very, very similar to like, back to Goldfinger. It's very similar to the scene where they're at the bank at the, uh, the, the, the head of the uh, British banks, uh, you oh, know, they're having, yeah. sh- uh, what is it? What was it? Uh, bourbon they were having? I, I believe yeah. it was. Or mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it was yeah, the bourbon. Yeah. 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 The, the, I mean, what I took from that scene was how much M is battering Bond, considering he's supposedly just mm-hmm. taken down the head of, like, the leading crime syndicate, yeah. and he yeah. is just <laughs> hammering him. You he know is. what I mean? There's no pat yes. on the back of, good job, it's like, everything you say, I'm just going to absolutely bash you down <laughs> yeah. for. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was like, just That's give right. the man a break. <laughs> give the guy a break. Jesus. Yeah. 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 And also at the back of your mind, too, it's like, also, he not only brought down the head of the syndicate, he also avenged his wife's murder. Of course, yes. they never ever refer to that in the, no, in the no. movie at all, right? But didn't we happen. know what happened. We know what happened. Or yeah. the, Cubby and Saltzman want us to forget that it happened, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. no, they absolutely yeah. do. And we could yeah. talk long and hard about, um, you know, what Mankiewicz was asked to do with the script and all of that stuff. But um, yeah. from, from a score perspective, guys, I mean, if we've, if we've moved just kind of gently into the idea of it being 50 years old and we're all Bond fans, right? So for, I mean, to a certain extent, of course, we're going to answer this with an affirmative. Yes, the score holds up. Musically, musically, I mean, take our Bond fandom away. Um, this score still has a lot of versatility in it for regular yes. listeners. Would you, would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I've, I'll play all the scores um, mm-hmm. just on rotation and there's, I can always kind of gauge it and I've said it before, but I can gauge it by Erin and she's mm-hmm. a music fan. She loves music mm-hmm. and um, you'll, she, she'll walk past, past the kitchen and I'll hear her going, <laughs> she has never yeah. watched, she's never watched diamonds, never will. Doesn't, right. doesn't have a, a love Not for any of that. She'll watch the Craig films and that's it. But this yeah. is her, I, she can hum along to this. It's, it's, it's there, do you know what I mean? So yes. I think from an accessibility point of view, like to be honest, I've probably listened to the soundtrack a thousand times mm-hmm. and I've probably watched the film maybe 25 times. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I know yeah. the soundtrack <laughs> 10 times better than I know the, mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. So I think from a, just from a listening point of view, I think it holds up as just an album. And I think it's often a bit of a bugbear where they sort of cue the album difference in the way that it was the films, you know, in terms of the track list right. and the track order. But I think the way that this has been constructed for just an album, like a listening experience, it works. 
there's it's there's nice. An, there's, really, there's nice really on does. both sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And do you cut yeah. that down to like just the variety of of melodic music in it, like the the, the the title song, obviously, but these little motifs which are very recognizable. It, it's just it is that, isn't it? I mean, that, it is a hundred percent. Yeah, mm. it's a hundred percent. Great, great listen. Yeah. Do yeah. you have Do you have Chris any special editions uh, or sorry uh, special imports the vinyls? Do you get anything really nice with this? Yeah. One? I do, yeah. I've got... This is one of my favourites. I'll show you now. Oh, man, this isn't going to make for good listening, but... That's okay. Yeah. Much of what, much of what got, we we'll do doesn't make for good detail. listening. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. So, so this is like the standard sort of, um, like the British one. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the, the, you know, the standard, standard yep. release. The British yeah. one, yeah. And I always wondered, is... who are those women supposed to be on the front? Because yeah, that doesn't like, look like Jill who? St. John. That's not, plenty of tool. that's not plenty of tool. Like, who yeah. are those women? <laughs> I know. I'm guessing redhead, poten- potentially uh, Tiffany. It's I don't Tiffany. know. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But this is, this is quite cool. So if you look at the difference between these, so we've got, and then this is, this is the oh, French yeah. one. The yeah, French yeah. one. Oh, that's, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, so, I like it. Can yeah. you see that okay? Sure can, yeah. 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 But, but the, the beauty of this one is this absolute beast on the back. Oh, wow. Is, oh, yeah. Yes. Which takes up the whole, which to be honest, I do yeah. think it's pretty cool. The only thing that, that bugs cool. me about this, and it does, it does sort of grate on me a bit, mm-hmm. is they've put um, Bond Smells, S-M-E-L-S-S. Um, <laughs> Bond Smells Array is his oh, name. No. Bond Smells oh. Array, yeah. <laughs> But you know, it is what it is. Do you know what that's I mean? A crack, I'm sure that's a crack. That's a crack Really, is. It, isn't it just? Yeah, that's that not a gatefold, really cool. is it? That's not a gatefold. It's, it's not. No, it's not. But I think what's really cool is like you know he gets. I, I'm I'm a fan of old and tired Connery. It doesn't bother me one yep. bit. But yep. I think yep. that that is that is cool. How how is that not a cool man? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, he's very. But yeah, cool. yeah. Still has the swagger, even though he doesn't have, I guess, the look that he used to have. He still exactly. manages to have that. Uh, gravity still, I suppose yeah, you could say. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Do you want to see two of the singles? Oh, please, yes. yes. Just yeah, like yeah. throw them over. I'll be set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring them on. I was gonna say, like, uh, with nice the, the, the way the, here, the, way the French cover was showing there with uh, the platinum blonde, I was like, that almost looks like Barbarella. <laughs> A little, yeah. yeah even yeah. Like the, even you know like the, uh, yeah. the, the, the art design reminds yeah. me of Barbarella. Uh, oh yeah, it does. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is the um, the Japanese single. Oh, nice! Oh, which is nice. pretty cool. Oh, and we've got a little cool. bit of yeah. got a bit of Shirley Bassey in the corner as well. Yeah. Lovely. There you go. Yeah, Lovely. I like yeah. it. It's not often I get to actually show a, a, a real person the. Uh, That's true. The, the single, so I'm enjoying <laughs> this guy. Not I'll take that compliment. I'll take that compliment. Yeah, another That's human cool. being. Awesome. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're out there. Yeah. <laughs> so this is how they're uh, with the the Japanese stuff. They could always come with this little sort of lyric insert, which is pretty cool. Mm. Oh, very nice. Um, very nice. And we get a little bit yeah. of imagery and stuff. But yeah, sorry, not making for a good podcast. Is that, that guy, is that consistent? No. Is that con- is that presentation oh, really consistent with Japanese Chris releases? Shows yeah. always the picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all. It always seems to be just a folded um, insert kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, and then they always have other releases at the back and stuff. But it's yeah, it is yeah. consistent. Nice, great, very nice. Awesome. You know, when I think of the film and I think of the score and I think of the question of holding up, I do feel that this score is kind of like one of those, like Majesties, which people, fans within the community and fans who like their Bond stuff, and maybe, you know, I think they really dig it. Uh, But I think that the film's questionable kind of, I call it a questionable legacy. I don't think that's the appropriate expression, but I think that the fact that it isn't one of the better ones that people really celebrate on and fawn over, I think that that does... That does sort of keep 
the score a bit of a hidden gem in a sense, you know, to mm. pardon the pun, you know, a like great I, diamond in the rough, you yeah. might say. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're the Aladdin right. of Bond scores. Yeah. I was, just, <laughs> it is. I was trying to think of um, to to bring it in Aladdin. There's somewhere. Good job, Josh. Yeah. Well done, <laughs> well done yeah. Josh. Good job. Yeah. yeah. Good job. But I, I don't know. I don't see the reputation of this film improving because it isn't one of the more progressive Bond films, and Bond is not progressive at the best of times. <laughs> no. So I, <laughs> no. I don't. I don't not see this. I don't see people flocking to rediscover or reevaluate or reappreciate diamonds. You know, in the next ten years, fifteen, twenty years. So I think it's going to be one of these things that remains classic title song but a kind of yeah. discoverable score for those who kind of yeah. want to dig there you know agree and i think that's nice i think sometimes yeah. it's nice to feel like you've got something that's yours do you know what i mean that's, that's a nice True. point yeah like like talking the beatles like the beatles are so well known i mean like if you're picking the most well-known band you can't unearth anything but like <laughs> when mm-hmm. when there is a b-side I'll always yeah. gravitate towards those because I feel like they're my little present well, from the Beatles. And, yeah, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and the Beatles B sides are always fun. Little like yeah. you know, like the B sides with the Beatles, they always had like you know, they might have like the German version of "I Want to Hold Your Hand" yeah. or like "Old Brown Shoe" or just little things or like different versions of uh, you know, um, "Revolution" and yes. stuff like that. So, and that's why it, it, it's more fun as a, as a listener and a fan because it would yeah. it would be. Uh, rewarding the fans like okay so you're gonna buy the album but if you're gonna buy the single we'll give you a slightly different track whereas nowadays it's not the same right so no. it would actually make the fans and the and you know want to go and purchase it because if you just buy the album that's great you'll get the song yeah. but if you buy the single mm. you know especially with UK and different countries they would have different so and they would be completely different tracks like slightly different here and there like the Canadian version the American version the UK version the Japanese the, the, depending on the band um, they would they would be slightly different here and there and so mm. that's why it's kind of just a little treat for 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 listeners yeah it's it, yeah it is it's like a thanks for being loyal here's your little yeah. gift yeah i love it yeah <laughs> yeah and that's that's true, nice true. it's a nice custom that i wonder how is uh, becoming more and more marginalized in music you know with the yeah. with kind of the saturation of digital downloads and sort of mm-hmm. everything being publicly pressed and yeah anyway let's get mm-hmm. any sort of concluding statements about diamonds out the road so we can move on to the sort of closure sort of fun stuff that i got planned and a little bit more music chat Sounds good. I just have one because it, this does sort of have to deal with uh, diamonds and also uh, it relates to singles and, and Chris as well. As, uh, I did hear your cover of The Wind and Kid. Oh, cool. Thank you. And it's fantastic. So one thing I was going to ask is, were you using your your jazz master on that? Because yeah. that to- Okay, because I was going to say, like, if, it sounds like you should have. And that's why I was like, I, I just wanted to ask. Yeah. Because oh, I'm geez. like, it's, yeah. Thank you for that. Great. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's really a really, good. like, also, that's probably my favorite track on on, on Diamonds. Uh, and, uh, Is it? And so when cool. I heard your version of it, uh, the, the surf style, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely kind of like the Ventures, like, you know, take mm. on Bond. And uh, with that Jazz Master, I was like, I really hope that was the one he used because it's perfect. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate really that. Really good. <laughs> and really also deep. your wedding from You Only Live Twice. I love that, too. Oh, yeah. That's oh, really cheers. good, too. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, so it, cool. It's a scene that I really don't. It's a scene and a storyline I don't really like in that film, but Ooh. you elevated yeah. it. You made it much, yeah. much better than it was. Yeah. You know, like uh, Bond turning into a Vulcan is just oh. not a, a big thing. Like it just. Oh, oh man. Oh. Do you know what? I um I I remember trying to sell um Connery to Erin. 
because she, 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 we had watched Craig, it's not right? not the scene to do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> not the scene to do it. Oh, we had watched all of Craig's. I'd managed to get her on Dalton and she was like, do you know what? I think I could go back. That was pretty good. And, I, yeah. and it, there was like, I don't know why, I don't know what I clicked, but I clicked like a Connery, oh, no. you know, like a, like a medley of like, co- like compilation of Connery clips. <laughs> and that came on, yeah. And you know, when you have that realization of we will never watch a Connery film. Yeah, that's right. I've, you've done yourself in. Done. You could hear the door close. Yeah. Like, oh. Exactly. Exactly. Slam. It's like Diane yeah. Keat uh, getting the door closed on her by like uh, <laughs> Michael Corleone. Like, it's that yeah, bad. It's over. <laughs> Don't talk yeah. about my business. Yeah. <laughs> it was exactly yeah. like that. Never say never, Chris. Never say never. Again. No. Yeah. Again. Again. Yeah. You might, you, might, you might be in with a shout there. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> So guys, Lovely. diamonds, and we, we we think it's going to last. We think it's going to last certainly within the Bond community as it has a hidden gem, a great score. The title song has got has got a lot of uh, it's got a lot going for it. It's obviously very popular. Um, Dame Shirley is still. I don't know if she sang this one in public performance recently, but she's certainly. Uh, I know 2017 she had done. Um, and I'll be Chris. I'm, I'm I'm leaning to you here, just uh, yeah. the North Wales thing, but. It's obviously stupid because I don't even know. Does she, is she live in Wales? Is she resident there? I, I doubt it. I doubt mm. it. I, I wouldn't think so. I'm, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I know she's not going to the MNS or anything, but I, yeah. <laughs> she might still but have a that, home, you know. I think we're being a Welshman. I'm quite proud, really, of what we've got. You know, we've got Dalton. Yeah. We've got yeah, we've yeah. got um, we've got uh, Tom. Obviously, yep. we've got Tom Jones. Of course, yes. Bassie. Jones, yeah. Um, you got Duffy. You got Duffy Matthew did a live and let die Dick. cover. Yeah. Exactly. One of my favorite. One of my favorite actors, oh, Matthew yeah. Reese. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Matthew of Reese. course. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty. pretty Anthony pleased. Hopkins is Welsh too, correct? Yes, he, he is. Yeah. 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 Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Richard Burton. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. Great. Uh, Matthew Burton. McFadden. Matthew McFadden yeah. is yeah. And I'm trying to think of another great oh, yeah. Welsh yeah, yeah. guy. Catherine Zeta. Uh, Oh, yes. Jones, that's yeah, right. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that's really all you need, right? <laughs> that's I mean, all you need, yeah. That's a dream with those. right there. Happy with those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Awesome. <sighs> all right, guys. Why don't why don't we um, why don't we move into the end of our show here today? Thanks once again, Chris, for your time and your generosity no, in joining you, us with this one. But uh, we got you. we got a few questions, a few little games we want to play. We like to do this. Uh, we'd like to do it among ourselves. And you're part of the crew here today, so you're going to be dragged into it as well. I'm afraid. Um, cool. We got some kind of just general stuff, and th- this will hopefully give you an opportunity to share more about your your love of music and your love of film, which we know is quite strong, and some of your experiences. Okay, so uh, Josh and Jeff don't have any idea where the questions are coming from. I haven't told them anything. Um, are they cool. wardrobe related? No, they're not wardrobe related. Yeah. Thank God, <laughs> they're not wardrobe related. Um, we uh, unless it's uh, you know bras and I'm screwed. No, no. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Okay, questions for everybody, okay? And I haven't prepared any answers either, so we'll just talk it out. If you could be an extra in any one scene from the Bond films, so this is not a speaking role, this isn't you acting with anybody necessarily, just you get to be an extra in one of the scenes. Any one Bond film, what would you like to do? What would you like to be? So why don't we start, uh, Chris, start with you. I know it's putting you on the spot, but that's kind of what I'm about. No, no. I'd like to be... um when Timmy D and Saunders are um, ah. discussing, yeah, we're, we're just, they've just arrived at sort of the opera house. 
Okay. And then you've got yeah. Michael uh, Mickey G has a little sneaky, doesn't he? A little he does, there. he does. There, yeah. yeah. One of those guys tuxedoed up, you know, okay. start of the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that would do me that. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, nice. And you are a fan of Daylights, aren't you? Love Daylights. Yeah, yeah, great. Movie. Okay, that that's yeah. a good great choice. Song too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the song. Absolutely adore the song. Yeah, different. Yeah. All right, don't get me wrong, but I love it. No, no, it is different. Yeah. But that that's a really good one. That's an awesome one, actually, when I think about that scene now. Josh, your choice, pal. You know what, man? I mean, so that's a toughie. That is a tough one <laughs> it for is sure. A toughie. Like, there's so many things I could think of. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just think of one. Oh, man. <laughs> that's all you got to do is think of one. All right, we'll come back to you, Je- Josh. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah, I got yeah, one. Yeah, Jeff seems like he's got one, uh, so let me just give him a I was going to say, yeah. I'd like to be a waiter in Pitts Gloria when I'm serving all the hot chicks food. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Tough day at work. Yeah, yeah tough, right? Tough day yeah, at work. I mean, it's like, Someone's oh, no, gotta we, do it. you know, it's like, take 75. Darn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I'm, plus, I'm, I'm just going to eat the craft services, yeah. too. Like, I'm like, yeah, you will, yeah. <laughs> they had to do a lot of different tastes because, like, oh, I'm sorry, there's a bite out of that cake under that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right, Josh, I'll give you another minute or another 30 seconds. Um, I, I think it would be fun to be part of that Moonraker gondola scene. And I know it's hammed up and I know it's kind of sent up, but, and it's kind of like a controversial one, but there's so much action going on in there. And, yeah. Be in Venice, you know, to be at St. Mark's and all that stuff. I'd, I'd like to be part of that Moonraker scene. I think that would be fun because I wouldn't be able That's to be pointed one. out. I would be quite anonymous, but just to be there would be fun. I think to see Roger yeah, fly by as sure. he's coasting with the, the remotes. Yeah. yeah, that would be me. Just sipping a coffee, just a little just extra. Sipping a coffee. Yeah, a little, yeah. little extra. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. All right. I guess I'll pick one here. Um, well, yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be one of the kids in the car. That uh, pulls over for Roger Moore's Bond and Octopussy, but then drive off as he. That's as a he good starts, one. That's a good one. As he uh, one. as he starts heading yeah. towards them, yeah. I like the, I like to troll <laughs> Roger Moore's Bond and Octopussy. Good shout, dude. That's a, that's a really good. It was worth the wait. Nice. Ah, I love that scene. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, this is this is maybe an unfair question, but I'm going to ask us anyway. So. Just imagine, Josh and I did a project years ago. It was just great fun. It kind of started us off on this little podcast and stuff. Um, it's not out there because it was such poor quality, but we had a blast in doing it. Where we were, we were pretending like we were saving up, you know, like film scores. You could only save 20 film scores from the history, like the golden history of Hollywood and all that modern stuff. So we, it was just a good way for us to kind of exercise our, our kind of hobby. But I'm going to ask mm-hmm. us this. So you can imagine like a time capsule or uh, one of these kind of satellites in space or something. You've been charged with safeguarding one 007 soundtrack. What's it going to be? For future generations to enjoy, what's it going to be? Odd. Oh, it, is, it is hard. It is, I know it is hard. Because, you know, my favorite is Majesties. But I'm not going to select it for this question. Because I think, for me at, at least, something that I think uh, future generations will hear and think, yeah, that's Bond. I'm... I'm going to take Goldfinger, I think. I'm going to take yeah. Goldfinger. Oh. Yeah. So, so is the idea for it to, to sort of surmise Bond in a nutshell? Is that the kind of... I think of, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a gist okay. of it, yeah. So is it in case of Bond break glass kind of thing? Like, so if you're on like a desert island, you're like, <laughs> what do I do? Like, I'm going nuts. I'm, I've been talking to a coconut for three weeks. I need to like... No, no, this is it. This is going out there to represent Bond in the, in the universe or you're yeah. saving him for future oh. generations. Mm. Like okay. burying him in the ground type thing. So when in a million years when we've all got like six ears, oh, we've yeah, all just yeah, got all, right. yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. 
Um, yeah. I would go for You Only Live Twice. Um, on, only because I think that title song is so beautiful. It, it is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the rest of the soundtrack's got enough action to sort of, to sort of you know, give it that kind of the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great Yeah, great I think idea. I think that's that would be the one. Only because if you ask, if you reverse the question and said, um, you know, what which soundtrack would you least like be least like to get rid of? Mm, it would yeah. be that one. So I'd say you only live twice. Let's save. And do you know what? That oh. now that I'm thinking about it, from that sort of space discovery point of view, right? That hypothetical scene, you've got you've got a nice welcome to humans and music you don't have that brash goldfinger scream at you type action at the start that's exactly a good point. that's so I a good flare up like jurassic park i'm a six year and be like what's this that's right that's yeah. an excellent point uh, right yeah. you guys over to you jeff josh where are you going uh i think i'm gonna go with uh, from russia with love Ooh, it's good. classic and it's Very just good. you know er, good. early bond like yeah you know how i i i really enjoy that film just as what it is and it's early it's got you know that that the cold war feel and it's mm-hmm. uh so that's what i would choose because nice that's one. just it just it just makes me think of bond and i think it would be it's a sort of a it's a good example so that's what i would choose in this mm-hmm. case I think. it's a good time piece for sure jeff uh josh mm-hmm. yeah I'm stuck between, I was stuck between Goldfinger and From Russia With Love, but I, I agree 100% with Jeff. Uh, From Russia With Love is the one that I would keep. Uh, mm-hmm. You got a pretty good Bond song with Matt Monroe's uh, mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. You got some great action set pieces. I mean, they're there early berries, so they're a little bit trilly sometimes, but they're still yep. great. Yeah. Uh, but you also have the beautiful like 007 theme in that score mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and also just some great action set pieces in general and and the the Bond theme is used, the Monty Norman, like that big fleck on the guitar, like mm-hmm. that is right there, like in the score. And nice uh, that preserves, I think, Bond in a nutshell, as you would say, for, for future generations. Yeah, that's, it's yeah. Good. good. It's good. And our choices, I think, represent, don't they, that, that John Barry is, is firmly blueprinted as the Bond <laughs> sound, right? Like, oh, yeah. You just 100%. can't get away from that. Right, Chris. We know you're a big Beatles fan, right? But... You've got a weekend to spend uh, with any one musician who's passed away. Now, this this musician, you can have this time with them at any car- stage of their career. All right, any stage of their career. One musician, you can do whatever Ooh. you want for the weekend. You know, dinners and go to movies and hang out, walks and park, whatever you want to do. Who's it going to be? One musician has passed away. Oh, it's John Lennon. Um, ah, very good. And it, I, I would say it would be sort of um, John Lennon. Any times, any time in the career. Ah, okay. any time. Yeah. Yep. So, so I'd say maybe um, I don't know, Sergeant Pepper era '67, yeah, just getting a bit psychedelic. You know, mm. dabbling in stuff that you probably shouldn't have been dabbling in with the that kind of Lennon. Yeah, that kind of John <laughs> Lennon. I'd like nice to see one. that. That's so. That's a good one. You know, that yeah. is so. Um, ahead of its time. Do you know what I mean? I'd love to be a fly on the wall and see some of the ideas that they were presenting that were just way out. I know uh, like Pet Sounds had come prior, which was way out, which I also yeah. adore. But yep. I think amazing. But I think from a, um, yeah, I think that would be amazing to see the choices that were made there and just, you know, be sort of uh, present there, yeah. Mm-hmm. To go with that, with your train of thought there, I, I always thought like I would love, to, like you're saying, be a fly on the wall for Revolver because yeah. that is just insane. Like yeah. what they did in 66 there, man. Yeah. And, and around the same time as Pet Sounds. And uh, yeah, so I 
I, I think your choice of uh, like that era of uh, John Lennon would be fantastic. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> so you guys, that you guys are gonna you, you're gonna meet Lennon together. Is that is that right? You're both. <laughs> well, if I get invited, yeah. we'll invite you. It's all right. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, well cool. okay. Then, then yes, I will go. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> right, Josh. Who are you going pick? So does it have to be a modern passed away musician or no 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 no, no not at all uh, it can be no of course not no any any musician at all that you would really like you to spend Beethoven some time with. yeah sure yeah Beethoven yeah Henry uh, Purcell sure Henry Purcell yeah <laughs> Purcell or Thomas Tallis that would be cool there you like, go like, oh like that'd the, be a good one like the uh, Tudor era that'd be interesting yeah that would be but to, to be fair uh, I think uh, just spending like a evening like in a in, in a Vienna apartment. With Mozart just partying, I think there that would go. be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. awesome. That really yeah. would be awesome. Oh, that really would yeah. be sure. Yeah, yeah. And you know he's going to have some cool friends that I would probably have heard of anyway, so he'd probably invite <laughs> yeah. them over. And then of course <laughs> Salieri would, and then Salieri would be in a corner, <laughs> kind of yeah. just like. <laughs> Yeah, getting angry and yeah, 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 making getting his angry, notes. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he'd be in the corner. <laughs> Don't know why he's in the corner. Celebrity. But he's there. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's okay. keeping his mouth shut. You know, he's uh, arranging his quote-unquote poisoning, right? So yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's that's let's amazing. move on to another qu- another question. Um, Wait, I didn't choose mine. Oh, I thought you did. I thought you and Chris were tag team no, on John oh, Lennon. Sorry. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I said if I if I, sorry. I mean, I sorry. What I meant to say is I. I I I like where he was going with the John okay, Lennon, okay. but I don't and, like it. That so much. I, I no 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 that's not sorry that's not what I meant. That's a perfect choice. But I was thinking I would choose Brian Jones uh, from, from the Stones. Wow, Brian Explain. Jones, man, that would be a little bit all. Josh is not surprised, no, because uh, he's my favorite Stone. Um, he is the founder of the Stones. Uh, he was the one that. I came up with that. <laughs> yeah, there you go, oh. right there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he was the one that came up with uh, like you know all the the instrumentation, like sort of when when they were sort of changing up their sound, like around um, like sixty five, sixty six, mm-hmm. when they're doing like uh, aftermath, yes. aftermath, yeah, and, like painted black and stuff like that. Exactly, right? exactly, because yeah. yeah. of all that stuff with like uh, like under my thumb, painted black when he was really because he he could any instrument, he could play any instrument, he could play the saxophone, piano, guitar, he could just and he would just like find an instrument and learn it in a day yeah uh and and so i would love to pick his brain which was basically bong resin but still <laughs> uh later on but uh but i would love to uh you know hang out with with him especially and just sort of watch him sort of just create music and, and just party because it'd be a good time and a bad time because you get into a lot of trouble but that's definitely the person that i would like to uh chill out with i'm not a cooler looking guy what a heck yeah i know he oh man his style oh my god man yeah he's yeah those are those are some pretty inspired choices and i think the action that would kind of circulate and surround your choices kind of puts mine down a little bit but i i would i would go for i don't mean puts mine down in an insulting way i just mean mine's mine's a little bit lower than that but i would love to spend a, a weekend hang out with leonard cohen um, Ooh, because, oh yeah, sure, man. As a yeah. poet, you know, as a Absolutely. songwriter, but but also as like that sort of philosopher, kind of humanitarian yeah. Yeah. dude. I, I think that yeah. I could learn a lot about just how to live a busy life from a guy like that, you know, and how to kind of for see sure. through things. And um, it's a sad story uh, too. It's a sad story for his sure. Later, his his later life, you know, when he was basically had no money because of his stupid manager. I know. Yeah. It's sad sad times. Anyway, right. Moving on. Um, we got time for a couple more questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. What non-Bond film are you going to take to a desert island? Non-Bond. Oh, 
You got you got to take one away to watch. It's got to be repeatable. It's got to be you oh, know, sit down I don't and mind. watch it again. Right. I know right. mine. Fire on, Jeff. I, I think I know it too. Oh, Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, good choice, man. Great choice. Great choice, man. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome choice. I hadn't even thought of that one, but that would really replay well, wouldn't it? Back oh, to yeah. the Future was mine. Oh, let me. Oh, let me. Nice. Know how I know? Because I went back and I saw your choice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Read it in an almanac. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Exactly. right. Let's have a little think. Let's have a little think now. I mean, jo- <laughs> feel free, Josh, if you want to. Yeah, Josh, you know, go ahead. It's, just, it's a tough. It's a yeah. It's a brain. It's a brain breaker. That's for sure. Um, one of my favorite films, and I've said other films before in the past, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, or oh, like yeah. The Empire Strikes Back, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But honestly. Spielberg's Jaws. I, that mm. would be the one movie I would take on a desert island. That's... Which is kind of funny because I'm on a desert <laughs> yeah. island. But I don't know. Just, I... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think I would have nightmares every night. Yeah. Uh... It's like I'm lying on a beach and then all of a sudden, like, you know, Jaws will come up, like, right onto the beach and pull me in the water, right? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a great one of my film. favorite films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. That yeah. monologue is just amazing. I went to see it in concert about a year ago and it was. We... Uh, it was mind blown with an orchestra. It was okay. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So was it John Williams? Yeah. Was it, uh, no, Williams or? doesn't. I don't no, think he would have conducted no. that. No. Mm, not anymore now, I guess. Yeah. No, he doesn't yeah, do the it was live. Amazing. Yeah. He's done a couple of Hollywood Bowl ones like that, though, I think. That he's. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Chris, what's your choice, pal? Right. I'm going to flip it up, I think. And I'm going to go. Uh, Bats of the Future is absolutely would be my choice. But I think <laughs> to change it, I'm going to go. For, I'm going to go for a new film. Um, okay. Well, I say a new, a modern film mm-hmm. that we've just watched a couple of nights ago that we've maybe watched a hundred times, um, and that's Inglorious Bastards. Um, oh yeah, Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. I adore that film. Yeah. Um, probably not, you know, the the best film for you know six year me to discover in a capsule and sort of <laughs> be on a good sort of friendly basis, you know, scalping yeah. human beings. But it's one of those things where I think it's I think it's perfection. I think it's absolute perfection. So that would be my choice. Fantastic. Yeah, just to mix yeah. it up. A nice. No, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. That is a good choice. Um, yeah, it's funny it's how movie. you went You went Tarantino. Josh, you went Spielberg. Jeff, you went... Is it Zemeckis, right? Did Zemeckis, yeah. yeah Zemeckis. Zemeckis did that, yeah. Uh, I tell you, it's a tricky one, but I'm going to go Spielberg as well. And I'm going to need to be cheered up. I got, I'm going to have to be cheered up, right? And Ooh. I'm going... I, I know. I'm going E.T., I'm going ET oh. because it's otherworldly, and I'm definitely otherworldly also, if I'm on an island. And that the last 15 minutes of that film, they just lift anybody up. Like I challenge anybody to to not get emotional or not sort of be roused by the, everything that's working simpatico in those. And I think that could make me happy because it's about isolation too, isn't it? The movie, and I think that would be yeah. that would be my choice. But it's unfair Cast for me away. because castaway yeah castaway but i i mean i, I set yeah. the questions up so i had a bit of time to think about it okay here's a, here's a bond question okay back to kind of a bond question somebody is preparing you guys a three-course meal at their home okay who do you want it to be judy dench's m ray, ray fines mallory naomi harris's money penny or ben wishaw's q which of those Ooh. characters do you want setting you up and serving you a three-course meal at their home? Now, it's a little unfair because we kind of know what M's home looks like in the Craig era. And we kind of know what mm. Moneypenny's apartment looks like, too. But, you know, Ray Fiennes and Q, they probably have lovely homes, too. You know, It looks like we're going to get a sniff of uh, Q's home in, in the new film from the trailer, oh, doesn't nice. it? 
I think we see awesome. a little bit of his flap. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right, aren't you? I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm playing that back in my mind. You got it. He lets him in, doesn't he? And he's like, "Hi, yep. Q. It's been a while, yep. or something like that, isn't it?" Yep. Um, yeah, right. I'm going to go Judy Dench's M. I think <laughs> I think you'd um, you'd get battered while you're eating your three course meal. Yeah, you would. You but would. I think um, I think it's going to teach you some serious life lessons, and you'll come away. Uh, you know, you'll you'll yes. you'll. I think you'll go in as a boy, and you'll come out as a man. <laughs> I think that's that's a, hey, man, you I mean, nailed it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what I was I was thinking, but I I, I would have to agree. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Judy Dench's M, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, and because uh, I know that whatever she would make would be excellent. I'd be on my best behavior, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and like I, right. I'm definitely gonna learn something. Yeah. I have to learn something by the end of that dinner. Um, what do you think she'd make? I don't. Uh, What's on Judy's say, cookbook? Mm, what is on Judy's yeah. cookbook? I was I would picture some some like a like a country pie or something. Yeah, something I was thinking like, like a, Yeah, I was thinking yeah, scallop potatoes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah something potatoes. like that. You know, that's what I'm picturing. I picture like coming out of like a kitchen with like a really big like crock pot or something, and it's yeah. got like you know, and just like you know. I think for like pudding, you'd have a flan. Something like that. There you go. Something a bit yeah. light and whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely like some some grouse mm. or something like some some like a, a gamey. really good like yeah. uh, gamey mm. bird or something. Yeah, you know, like, right. with yeah. lots of butter uh, and yeah. lots of I could see that. Lots, yeah. of, lots of leeks and neeps and stuff yeah. like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How, that she's yeah. she's just hunted herself kind of thing. Do you think? Exactly. Right, yeah. And yeah, I feel like course. I feel like she would like serve like sherry or or, or like uh, something like some kind of like a uh, like a sweet liqueur. Or, that's what I'm thinking. So do we all go to M's house? Is this is this what it feels like to me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna kind of go against the grain. I mean, that uh, naturally that would probably be my second choice. But I think uh, Mallory. I think Mallory could put on a good. Oh, uh, put on I a bet good, he does too. You'll, for sure. You'll, you'll 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 arrive there. It'll be very formal, but also kind of very casual. <laughs> I think he'll you be know, drunk like, by the end. There, I was going to say there's that. Obviously, there's yeah. obviously going to be like a, a digestif, right? Yeah, uh, you know, like a scotch oh, yeah. or something really good, or a sherry or a bourbon right. or something. Yeah. A cigar will probably be implied there. You're sitting in nice Naga high leather chairs and stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> I think he'll train the, more you know, stories like, too. That's he probably what I mean. has like a Turner painting on yeah. the wall. Yeah, and he has yeah. like uh, I'm probably more describing yeah. Bernard Lee's house more yeah. so than anything. Yeah. But regardless, you know, like uh, gramophone. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he's got like John Constable paintings too. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, like on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> but but because he's a busy guy, works for the British government and stuff like that, right? Yeah. He's like, do you just want to do like a, you know uh, Uber Eats or something like that, and we'll, we'll get like some the best like you know I'll fish and chips in London, yeah. the best fish and chips in, in London, you know, yeah. cheap side fish and chips, yeah. you know, have them delivered over, uh, yeah. and then afterwards have an aperitif of something like um, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like you fanboyed this one a lot, Josh. Like a I sherry. think you've thought about yeah. this one before. You're loving this. Yeah, and then we'll just, and then we'll talk and during, but during the conversation, uh, we'll all be talking. I'll be talking about military history. Exactly. Uh, that's yeah. basically what I will be discussing with him. I think. Yeah. All right. Who was who was the most uh, you know uh, b- brilliant strategist of the uh, the kings of England? You know, uh, do you think Nelson was overrated or something like that? You know. Yeah. He would have. <laughs> I yeah. can see that. He would have chat. Yeah. It would yeah. be chat. Hundred percent. It would be really cool conversation, <laughs> in my in my opinion. Yeah. The music ambiance. Maybe jazz, maybe? Would, would, maybe jazz, yeah. Maybe something like Count Basie or something like yeah. that. I yeah. can see him kind of chilling and relaxing to that stuff after a long day at the offices, you know? Count Basie recorded yeah. a good album with Sinatra, didn't he? Did 
Did he? Uh, yeah, I think that was the one, the Sands. That's what I was going to ask you, Chris, if you're listening to the live Sands one, like when you were walking in Las Vegas. Because that Sinatra album, the live at the Sands, is insane. That was my lockdown album. There you go. The first (laughs) lockdown from March. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I was was working at home and I had that on a lot, the Sands album. But when I was in Vegas, it was just like the greatest hits. It was like full on like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're doing um, it my way. (laughs) Yeah, it was New York, New York, my kind of town. You know, why not? It's like I, I knew I almost felt a bit guilty and a bit sort of seedy with it in my ears, thinking if every, if anyone knew what I was doing right now, do you know what I mean? It's proper touristy, but <laughs> you, only, you only go You're once. So yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. All right, dudes. Uh, one uh, or two last little things, and then we'll we'll sign off. Okay. Here's a little. Would you rather? And uh, we did this in our Christmas show, and Josh and Jeff, you guys gave me a lot to laugh at there. So I'm going to ask you to do the same here with Chris on board. Would you rather listen to a lecture on seashells from Honey Rider or have tarot lessons from Solitaire? Seashells. Seashells. You're going seashells on the seashore. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Seashells. Mango tree. I would go for the seashells because while, you know, I love solitaire and all, you know, I love Jane Seymour and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to hear any possibly bad news, you know, at, at a conversation like that. <laughs> okay. Like, Right. Well, she's not reading. Uh, she's teaching you. She's teaching you. But still, I'll keep, be able to see all those patterns all the time. And for just someone who already deck. has anxiety, <laughs> that's not going to help me whatsoever. <laughs> now, do you, do you guys have a problem with the fact that um, – Honey Rider doesn't know anything beyond the letter K from the encyclopedia or whatever. Is that going to be a problem no, for your seashells? No, not really. That's yeah. not a problem. <laughs> okay, no. right. right. You're not, not really there for the seashells. Okay. I'm also agreeing with the Honey Rider, so yeah. Okay, yeah. right. Well, that was easy. How about this one? Would you rather live in Stromberg's Atlantis or Drax's space station? You oh, live Atlantis, in there. 100%. Yeah. Atlantis, yeah? Yeah, I don't want to be out in space. Based by ac- by any means accident. There's airlocks and yeah, yeah, spaces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I do Atlantis. You do Atlantis. The food will be the food will be better in, on Atlantis anyway. Yeah. Plus, okay. you can go to the surface very quickly when you want to, yeah. and go and go to like. There's less of a Sardinia. Commute. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're I trapped agree. in these in these internal environments. Okay, fine, fine. You guys are all fine. So obviously that. Plus, um, you, you got like that like uh, dining hall that looks like you know. The Medici live there, or something like that, right? With the big paintings and stuff. Uh, like that's that. true. And, yeah. Okay, so you just think it's so, prettier. You just think it's pretty. We we didn't see the dining hall. It's not claustrophobic, and you're not you're knowing that like as long as you get to the surface of the okay. thing, you're above the water. Okay. When well, you're also, in the if you space go station, outside by accident, you're not dead immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I look Plus, terrible in, in a yellow jumper suit anyway. So I mean. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say like the banana hammock. Yeah. If you, if you walk it into the. Uh, no, no. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what you've done is you've proven that one of those options is just not viable. Let's uh, yeah. let's try this one then. You've got a yeah. choice here, guys. Would you rather be stuck in an elevator with J.W. Pepper or oh, Christ. stuck on a delayed plane next to Baron Samady? I'd go delayed plane. I really would. Okay. I would go delayed yeah. plane as well, Chris. I, I think there'd be yeah. a little more joy to be had there. Um, Jeff, you went you went elevator pretty quickly. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Just because he's a character. I don't know. Uh, It would just be uh, an interesting conversation. Would it be a conversation? Well, you'd be knee high in tobacco. Yeah, well, that and he and he'd show me all of his crappy. uh, Don't tell him your trinkets. All of his trinkets from Thailand. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't tell him you're a Canadian, though, because he'll think yeah, you're a socialist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Josh, would you elevator or plane? Dim Democrats, Mabel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I go with Baron Samity on the plane. I'll be able to put my <laughs> iTunes on and just listen to it, you know? Yeah, like, may- yeah maybe, ex- maybe. Exactly. It okay. seems like the James James Pepper, to me, would, would be like, start talking to you anyways, if you were had your iPhones on anyway, you know, yeah. your iPhones in there, so. I think you're right. Look, guys. I probably picked the wrong choice, but whatever. No, I don't think so. <laughs> There's no wrong in this silly game. There's no wrong in this silly game. <laughs> um, I think we've done a good service here to to Barry's score for diamonds and Chris mm. it's been it's been an absolute blast man having oh, you on board with us fun. so fun man yeah I've loved thank it. you very thank much you for having me no no really it's appreciate our, our, it good fun absolute privilege can you can you give us uh, an idea and give our listeners an idea where to find you obviously the bond on vinyl tag but talk to us in the last couple of minutes about the stuff you're doing the stuff you got where you can be found just fire on buddy yeah yeah thank you yeah bond on vinyl on the instagram for all of the uh, bond on vinyl and then um, <laughs> for uh, yeah, and then Charity Rocks Wales is the is the tag for the music stuff. So they're the two um, the two things that I do really. Yeah. So YouTube is the Charity Rocks Wales and Facebook, and then Instagram it's just Bond on Vinyl. Yeah. Uh, and and what have you got? What have you got planned coming up? Are, are you just looking to make more connections and sort of grow what you, what you've already got going, which is some really cool projects in the songs? Or you got something else on the go? Yeah. Just just carry on with the guitar covers and just just encouraging people to discuss the the soundtracks when i post the i call it like spin of the week so when i do like the the particular soundtrack i focused on that week it's amazing when you get people commenting it just that's the whole reason um and not only that it's nice to see all of the the the, the soundtracks that i'm maybe not as enthusiastic about it's nice to see the people that push those and say no that's like my my top tier because then I listen to it then with different you ears, you, get a different you know. Perspective. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that would that would be my parting message. Really, is if you if you do hop onto the Instagram and you're kind enough to follow what I'm doing, please, um, you know, comment on the stuff and let's have a chat. It's it's, it's really nice. That's my ideal downtime. So my job can be quite stressy. There's a lot of uh, you know when you're selling people's houses, it can yeah. it, you know there's a lot involved there where people can get quite antsy. So being able to switch off at the end of the day and talk about something nice with nice people um, mm. makes all the difference. So please get involved with the discussion. That would be yes. my last. And the community is great for that. You know, there's been so much, and there's so much positive work going on and so much like camaraderie. And I really like the the welcoming feel that, um, that us, I mean, as content creators and yourself as a musician creator, and, you know, we get, we get such a nice, feeling from communicating with one another and there's a lot of positivity here and i'm really i'm really you know keen to jump on the back of what you said there with not just now the way the world is now but in general like there's so much negativity on on social media that whenever we get an opportunity to just broadcast good stories and share our loves and passions and geekdom for stuff like just get into it you know yeah yeah and and not only that just you know it doesn't take a long time to throw a line on some something that somebody's created and say oh just, just so you know, mate, that's point, really yeah. good. You know, mm. it might it might take somebody three weeks to do something like I've done, which is a two minute, you know, cover of a song, and it, it does take that amount of time. So when you get somebody saying, "Have listened to this," it's you know, I, I like it genuinely, not not to sound cheesy. That'll make my night, and I'll I'll yeah. walk into the yeah. kitchen with a bit of a spring in my step, going, "Oh, someone sure. liked it. I feel great." So I think yeah, just absolutely. you know, if if you if you've got the opportunity to just fling a comment on something that you like, do so. You know, don't well, just don't swing by. 
Yeah. Uh, in in following up with that, I well, I wanted to mention that your your cover of of Anna is absolutely amazing. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks. I, I like. I really really like that. Like your harmonies, everything. And I didn't I didn't at that point I didn't know that you played the bass and you even had the right bass. You know. It was, yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Cheers, Jeff. Really 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 enjoyed. Appreciate it. it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and uh, everyone should check out City of Lovers too because that was just oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a piece that of, from the Bond series that you just don't normally you would think of. You know yeah. what I mean? Like exactly. it was like yeah. a David Arnold score, the first Craig movie, but like not a very thematic score is in that era in that in that period. Mm. But that was to me was one of the standout tracks in, the, in that film. But mm. I completely forgot about it. But then when you, when I saw your work on it, yeah. uh, Chris, it was just fantastic. Thank you. Mm. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. And where do we stand with that, Chris? I know that you did a second print, right? You did a second run of, of some. Uh, are, there, are there still available for people who are keen on picking up that single and B-side? It, yeah, I've got like a list of people that have asked about them. So I think like when I get when it gets a few more, I can warrant paying, you know, the right. person to make right. them. So, okay. yeah, it's it's just been... Uh, it, uh, it's vinyl is expensive. Yeah, and it's whatever yeah. it costs. Um, yeah. Whatever it costs is what I'll sell them for. Yeah, so awesome. there's nothing to be made there. Yeah, so conscience any, is clear. Yeah. Any idea? idea of doing a couple more of those like for yeah, it would, different tracks different passions of yours even it would be nice to yeah it'd be nice to because i mean the the guy that was doing them is, is he's literally sort of 20 minutes away from my house which was like an amazing oh, discovery yeah you know because it's quite a, it's quite like a bespoke thing isn't it having a limited sure. run of of records made so mm. the fact that he's so local um was a bit of an eye-opener really so i'd like to do something definitely that would be awesome and well yeah a, a, a thanks to you guys as well for, for you know just before christmas playing the song and talking about it genuinely really really appreciated it so You're thank welcome. you very much <laughs> yeah very we, were, we were very happy to have it and look man you are a gentleman and a scholar and we're really really yeah. glad that uh, you gave us your time today and let us into your little world too you know um, yeah because thank it's you it's great great to learn more about about what bon vinyl and, and you as, a, as an artist have got going so look from from us i'm sure i speak for jeff and josh and i thanks once again for giving us thanks, up your time and uh, have a fantastic yeah, remainder of your saturday and we look forward to maybe you. getting you back maybe getting you back on bond by numbers sometime in the future for would love fun. to yeah because yeah. jeff, jeff picks the next score <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. oh yeah just yeah. want to say as well love the golden high score i oh, the, good. The enjoyed that. Did. yeah yeah i love oh, that yeah. episode yeah good. so if, if anyone hasn't heard that definitely have a listen to that super All thank, right, thanks pal thanks, take, take care of yourself buddy Thank you. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye.